RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy. Joined by my co-host, as always, Justin Watson, Greg Hopkins. We are fresh off of a big weekend. Valor 56 is in in the books. It was a blast. UFC 235 in the books, another blast. And uh, we are here tonight with a full show. A lot of interviews on hand, uh, highlighted by an interview with the Titan FC flyweight champion, Juan Puerta, ahead of his main event coming up next weekend at Titan FC. You can catch that on UFC Fight Pass. We'll also talk to the three men that were all unanimously picked against last week on our Valor Picks panel, uh, those being CJ Talent, as well as uh, we'll also talk to Micah Downs and Colton Dunn uh, about their wins at Valor 56, as well as a recap of Valor 56 UFC 235 and picks for this weekend's UFC Wichita Kansas show uh, before that though let's jump into these interviews and we'll start off with Micah Downs let's get Micah on the line all right up first on the line we have got rising lightweight prospect Micah Downs Joining us fresh off of a big win at Valor 56 this past Friday night in Knoxville. Micah, how's it going, my man? Good, man. Things are going good. Everything's looking up. Uh, I've got healed up from the fight, and I'm looking forward to my next one. Very good. Very good. Well, but to, to start off here for our listeners that aren't familiar with you, uh, I'd like to like to always give guys a little opportunity to kind of give a little bit of a background, a little backstory on yourself, any sort of uh, background that you had uh, that may have led you into MMA or, uh, you know, just, you know, just kind of a little little biography, if you will, condensed. Yeah, man. Um Honestly, I was, uh, I'll never forget, man, I was three years old, and uh, my dad was huge into boxing, and I'd always watched boxing with my dad, but I'll never forget the first time I seen a UFC event on national television, and it was a Chuck Liddell fight against Tito Ortiz, and I know most people's Chuck Liddell fans, and most people hate Tito Ortiz, but for some reason, he stuck out to me, and uh, at three years old, man, I was like, that's what I want to do when I grow up, you know, and uh and I've always had that dream. It's a passion of mine. And, um, you know, and I, I feel like I'm going to, I really do envision myself of being a champion one day in the big show. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that everything works out as planned. And, um, you know, I'm not going to stop until I have a big shiny gold belt around my waist. And, uh, and I hope to stay in the fight game as long as possible. Well, now, uh, for our listeners, again, that, that aren't familiar with you, of course, you're out of the Alabama area, uh, training with uh, Next Generation MMA, which is, is a, from what I can gather, a little bit of a newer group down there, unless unless I'm just mistaken. Talk a little bit about your uh, your training, your training partners, your gym, for those that aren't familiar with uh, with, with with you guys. Oh, yeah, man. Um, we're for a, from a little small town called Boaz, Alabama, and our gym is actually in Douglas, Alabama. Um and yeah, we're we're really just a, a group of you know ragtag individuals, and um, we've been uh, we really just started training together about I'd say about a year ago. Um, really hardcore, you know. We bought a cage, um, found a uh, cage that somebody had put up, 
for cheap, and uh, that was good for us, you know, living in a small town, and we bought it, and uh, got together, and got the fight team together, got a couple guys that have been training jiu-jitsu, and wrestling, and boxing, you know, and uh, put a team together, and then I brought in, you know, I've been doing this for going on 11 years now, um, I've been chasing this mixed martial arts dream of mine, and um, we all got together. And I brought some coaches of mine that I have trained with in the past years and, you know, uh, combined them together with our team at Next Generation. And um, we've just been, you know, um, getting fights here and there in different different uh, states and just taking what we can get, man. Well, you know, I've got to say, I've been impressed with you guys. You know, uh, this is the second time we have you guys up. And, you know, you guys are right now right about 50-50. You know, you've won, you've won about as many as you've lost. And you guys have been facing tough competition. You know, you're facing guys from from the big gyms uh, up here. So, so really, i got to give props to you guys, you know, for, for a small gym in a small town, kind of an upstart program. You guys are, are, are definitely, uh, you know, making, making a name for yourselves early. Uh, of course, I've got to uh, get into a little bit uh about this last fight of course this was your first fight up here at valor you took on the sea goat a guy that we know very well up here anthony cochran and he was the guy that uh, most people had pegged to win uh and and you know he's he's got the pirate gimmick he's a character but uh you know you, from what i could gather you you were enjoying you were enjoying all that you know you uh you the all of the the hoopla around him but when it came time to uh to, to, to throw down, man, you, you were all business. You, you didn't take a step backwards. You were all aggression, uh, foot on the gas the whole time, overwhelming with strikes in the first round, uh, you know, even your record up to two and two. Talk a little bit about the fight and, uh, you know, kind of what you took from it. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, man, the seagoat. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. When I heard that, I was like, man, you know, I can't be beat by somebody they call the seagoat. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's all fun and games outside the cage, but I got something they uh, they call the switch. And, you know, I leave all my personal stuff outside the cage when I get in there and I flip my switch, and it's it's go time. You know, I don't care how much you want to goof off or how much I like you. It don't matter, man. You know, if you're standing in my way in my dreams, I'm, I'm going to take you out, you know, or I'm going to try my best. Um, but, you know, Anthony Cochran, I got to give it out to him, man. He, uh, he's very tough. Uh, he, he took a lot of hard blows from me, man. It still, you know, it took a while to – to put him down, um, and you know he's a, he's a great dude, man. Uh, we had some words before before the fight, you know, and we joked around a little bit on Facebook. And uh, I really like the dude, man. He, uh, you know, <laughs> nothing but respect for him, and uh, it was a great fight. And uh, I wish him nothing but the best in his his career. But uh, I'll tell you this, man. I've lost my first two fights as amateur was at 170, and um, <clears throat> and I lost those, you know, and. A lot of guys, man, if they go in there and they lose two straight, you know, you don't see them coming back. But for me, that was just fuel for my fire. And, um, you know, I picked myself up. <clears throat> I got in a, a better mind state. And, you know, I sat back and think, thought about uh, <laughs> my future in this and, you know, why I'm doing it and how it makes me feel, you know. And um, I said, you know what, I'm not losing again. I, I got in better shape. I started working cardio. I got with a new team. And uh, I dropped weight classes. And I feel like this is where I fit in, man. I'm one, two straight by TKO. Well, uh, uh, I don't know if you listen a weekly or not, but before our events, we have a picks panel that uh, is just a kind of a uh, we use it more than anything to to preview the the fights, to kind of give the listeners uh, a little bit of a a base on the the fight card. But in jest, in fun, we have a picks panel that that picks the uh, the picks fights and uh, who they think going to win. And man, tell you what. 
they picked unanimously against you. They were wrong. They were uh, all five of them. All five of them went with uh, with Anthony Cochran. So you proved them wrong. And one of the guys is uh, our color commentary guy, Greg Hopkins, and he is on the line now. And I am going to throw it to him for some groveling uh, about his uh, his uh, misconceptions about how that fight would go. And and from there, uh, I'll let you have an opportunity uh, to give some shout outs where they're due. And, and also, uh, you can give a nice, you know, a fuck off to all these uh, to all these these guys that picked, your, that picked against you. Greg, what you got? Well, before I say anything, full disclosure, uh, I was the only one on the panel that said we may be giving Michael a call next week after this fight. He did. I will say that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I was the only one that said that. But with that being said, what do you you want to say to the picks panel, Micah? Uh, Man, honestly, you know, I've dealt with being an underdog all my life. And, uh, you know, it just – I didn't even know. Honestly, I didn't know that I was that big of an underdog. Um, until I watched my fight on Flow Combat, and then I was like, oh, okay. I was like, uh, you know, they said Valor Hour's going to be giving him a call, so I've just been waiting, you know, until he hit me up today. I said, there it is. I said, it's my time. <laughs> Tell him I'll screw you, and uh, <laughs> I might want to uh, dig a little bigger uh, next time. <laughs> so is that, is, that, is, that the, is that how you feel right there? <laughs> no, no, man. <laughs> No, man. No, you can tell me how you really feel. It's okay because I would tell you right now. If I've had yeah, he deserves it. They deserve it. <clears throat> yeah. No, yeah. I'm saying here, blow it up because if it was me and I had five panels, I'd say, hi. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. These guys, they, these guys learn their lessons, though. They, they take note. And so I guarantee you, next time you fight for us, they'll give you the respect you do. <laughs> oh yeah, that was my next. That was my next question. Uh, when's your next? What you? What do you got? What you got on board? Can you let us know anything here? Uh, yeah, man, I just uh, confirmed a fight today with my coach. I talked to my coach. I've got, you know, I've had a few offers, and uh, I talked with him today, and we confirmed one for March 22nd. Um, it, I think it's, I can't remember what the uh, the name of it's called, but it's going to be for Impact Promotions and Island Fights in Panama oh, nice. City at Lake Town Yes, sir. Oh, well, you be careful down there. And that's spring break down there about that time, so you have to be careful. <laughs> hey, I'm looking forward to the after party. I'm going to let these grenades go. I'm going to try to knock somebody else out, and I'm going to go party. You know what I mean? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, hey, man, I'm going to let you have the floor to get some shout-outs for their due. Any any sponsor love or training partner love you want to give. And uh, uh, and from there, uh, any places that any fans can follow you on social media, we'll try to get your, uh, your, your following up a little bit there i'll let you have it yes sir thank you tim uh first and foremost you know i want to thank god give god all the glory man uh if it wasn't for him i wouldn't even be here talking to y'all you know what i mean and um uh second off you know i want to thank valor promotions uh i want to thank you tim Louie, all y'all that uh gave me the opportunity to come out there and put on a show for y'all uh i want to thank all my my gym next generation uh out of Douglas, Alabama, Javin Hill, Jacob Bright, Mary Rosenbeck, Tom Bernard, um, all my teammates and coaches that have helped me along the way. I couldn't do it without y'all. Um, I want to give a shout-out to my a couple of sponsors of mine, Extreme Concepts, uh, Rocky Peak, Jeff Overstreet, and uh, Noah Adams. Thank all y'all for y'all's support, and I hope, you know, to uh, continue to pick up some sponsors. And, uh, and there's something I want to say, man. Uh, I do this. Not just for myself, man. I do this for the kids out there. Any of y'all kids, man, that uh, that have a dream, I want y'all to know that, uh, you know, no matter what life throws at you, man, you can always succeed. You can always 
chase your dream and achieve it as long as you never give up. You keep fighting, you know, keep fighting that battle. Things will always get better as long as you never give up. And, you know, I just want to want to put that out there to everybody. Well said, my man. Once again, this has been Rising Lightweight Prospect out of Alabama. Micah Downs, keep an eye on this guy. He is going to go a long way. We appreciate your time. Micah, best of luck in your next fight. We hope to uh, see you return to the Valor Cage very soon. Hey, Tim, uh, I forgot my uh, Instagram and my yes. Facebook and all that is uh, at the Guardian MMA. Uh, I don't have a Twitter currently. I'm about to get one made, but uh, it's at the Guardian MMA and then uh, Micah Downs on Facebook. Absolutely. Check him out. Once again, this has been Micah Downs. Thanks so much, Mike. Have a great evening. Thank you, y'all. Y'all too. All right. Up next on the line, we have got the reigning and defending Titan FC flyweight champion. It is Juan Puerta joining us. Juan, thanks so much for the time. How you doing, man? Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Oh, yeah, the pleasure's ours. I know that you're uh, probably in uh, what most would describe their their hell week of sorts leading up to your title defense next weekend. Uh, So I appreciate you taking a little bit of time to talk to us. Um, Of course, Juan will be headlining uh, Titan FC next weekend uh, on UFC Fight Pass. He is going to be defending that strap against the man that he beat for that strap. Gustavo Ballard uh, is a rematch. You know, you beat this guy who was a very highly touted wrestler with a, with a huge flying knee knockout. Uh, before we get into that, uh, if, if you wouldn't mind giving the listeners just a little bit of your background in, in the lead up to this Titan uh, deal, you know, you've, you've won three straight fights for them. You're finishing fights. You're their champion. Uh, you know, one has to imagine, uh, you know, a, a successful title defense here and uh, the UFC has got to be calling pretty soon. Yes, sir. Well, actually, I've won I've won five in a row, and I've finished three of those five. But uh, uh, man, uh, it's hell week. But uh, actually, it's one of the happiest weeks. Um, I'm almost there. All my hard work is almost done, and uh, I get to display my skills. But uh, yeah, man, my background uh, started off in um, wrestling in high school. Uh, was pretty uh, accomplished with that. I wrestled with Greg. We were on the same match. Uh, our teams wrestled together a few times. It was awesome, man. Greg's a great wrestler too. Um, but yeah, man, I uh, started off wrestling, uh, got transitioned to jiu-jitsu, uh, started, got my first MMA, or actually I took my first MMA fight after wrestling, uh, in college. I, I took it within 30 days, a guy came up to me and was like, Hey, you want to fight an MMA fight? I was like, heck yeah, man. That sounds awesome. I fought my first fight after 30 days and, uh, been addicted ever since. But, uh, I started off in ACT Atlanta, uh, had my up and downs there and uh, decided to make the move to American Top Team here in Coconut Creek. And it's just been up from there, man. It's been a great transition. Um, a lot of sacrifices and uh, hard work and all those sacrifices are starting to pay off. Well, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, uh, of course, as you mentioned, originally out of American Top Team in the Atlanta area where you grew up uh, in Georgia, you've made that move down to the home base, if you will, uh, the ATT proper. Uh, and it seems like uh, just kind of looking at your record here since uh, it looks like the begin- middle the middle of 2017, you've hit a different gear. You know, you, you've been fighting tough guys uh, your whole career, but now you're going out there and you're starting to finish. Uh, these tough guys. What would you attribute that to? Is it uh, is it a change in scenery? Is it just uh, your your learn? You know the experience that you've gained over twenty two pro fights. Yeah, man. Honestly, uh, I, I've always been a finisher. Um, I have 20, twelve finishes out of my sixteen wins. So uh, if you get in the cage with me, you're probably going to get finished. But um, 
man, I, I'm just 11 submission wins, one knockout, and uh, uh, I, I just uh, it's all been just uh, just like I said, hard work, man. But the transitions he, to here to American Top Team in Coconut Creek has been amazing. Every round I have is a dogfight. Every round I have to make adjustments. Every round uh, gotta pull out a little heart, man, a little gut, because uh, every training partner I have is world ranked, top in the world. Uh, my last two weeks I've been sparring for Amiga, uh, the number the number one contender, pretty much you could say in the UFC. Um, it's just uh, it's just been a blessing to to be surrounded by so many champions, so many uh, people that have been uh, just building the sport, you know. So. I'm lucky, and uh, yeah, since 2017, it's just been up. Uh, I want to finish. I want another finish next week, and uh, making my sixth win in a row, my fourth finish out of my six, uh, my six last six wins, and uh, just keep it going, man. It's not easy. It's never easy to finish, and especially when you start to get to this level. But uh, I think I'm ready for the next step. I'm either ready for the UFC or one FC. Uh, whatever's next, but uh, I got to prove myself next weekend. So, you know, you're, you're fighting a guy that you've already shared the cage with once uh, a decorated wrestler like yourself uh, out of Cuba uh, that presents some interesting challenges uh, dimension wise. You know, you're, you're kind of one of the taller flyweights that you'll see. And he's, you know, one of the shorter fighters you'll see in any division, but he's really like, a tank you know he's like he is broad and and uh and certainly uh, uh an interesting dynamic to have to try to deal with uh talk about the rematch you know do you expect to see this you know him obviously you know that's his only loss of his career do you expect him to a- adjust his game plan you know you, you knew the last time he was you know he, he's going to re- want to wrestle you were ready for that do you expect yeah. him to have evolved uh in 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 uh, preparation for this Yes, sir. So, I mean, the, the first fight was uh, real intense, man, uh, uh, back and forth. But, uh, like, if you really watch close, all my significant strikes were landing. My knees were landing. My punches were landing. Um, he, my kicks were landing in the stomach. Uh, I, like, if you count the significant strikes, I, I was, I thought I would control the whole fight. He had a big takedown in the first round, but um, other than that, I mean, he didn't have anything. He, he didn't, he hit me in my shoulders, but... We had to land those punches on my face to really, I think, win the win the round. So, uh, I mean, he's a real tough fighter, uh, like pressure wise, because he's a tank, man. He's a uh, nothing but muscle, short, stocky. It's hard to submit him because he or, or even get him on the ground and hold him just because he's a little ball of muscle. So, uh, uh, very tough. Um, he he makes makes it a lot of a lot of problems a lot harder for most people. But uh, I plan on doing the same thing. I never underestimate anyone, and uh, uh, I'm going into this fight uh, with my game plan of uh, keeping him on the outside of my punches. There's, there's no secret. Um, and uh, making him fight that outside fight. I don't want to fight that inside fight. So I, I plan. I think he's going to try to wrestle me a little more, but I'm so, re- I'm so ready for that. And my ground game's are legit, man. So if he wants to go to the ground with me, uh, he, might, he might get submitted there, but... I don't think you can hold me on the ground, and I don't think you can do it with my, my punches and my length. Well, as you mentioned, you wrestled with Greg uh, back in the day. I'm going to throw it over to Greg. Man, what you got for Juan? Well, I mean, Greg? he basically yeah. said, what's up, what's up, brother? Uh, I, he basically touched on everything. I'm just wondering, what's this guy's complex with you? Why does he hate you so much? Like, what's his problem? Oh, y'all got yeah, beef? 
Oh yeah, there's so much beef for this fight. It's it's intense. Wow. Uh, it, it, it adds a lot of like fun fun stuff to it. But uh, <laughs> so I was fighting uh, I was fighting Jorge Calvo uh, last November and uh, not last November two, two Novembers ago. And uh, he um, he just come I go into the back and he's like uh, looks at Jorge. He's like you're fighting this guy. This guy that's easy fight. That's an easy fight. And I was like. Dude, you don't even know me. The guy, <laughs> you're just gonna tell, you gotta point at me and tell me I'm an easy fight. All right, all right, we'll see, we'll see. So I ended up beating Jorge Calvo, which was ten and two at the time, a top prospect, almost got signed with the UFC. But uh, beat him, and then uh, Bellart was my next fight, and I ended up finishing him. So I showed him it wasn't an easy fight, and uh, ever since then he's just been. Um, Kevin kept my name out of his mouth every time he gets a chance. He wants to push me, shove me. Uh, just he's just I don't know. I, I I I he's he's creeping on my my social media. He doesn't follow me, but he'll look at the story. <laughs> yeah, it's like man, uh, there's there's something there. You're even my biggest fan or my biggest rival. So we'll see, man. Well, it sounds like he's. It sounds like uh, you've already won the, the the mental battle. That if he's if he's that hung up, man, that is that's wild. That's that's interesting to hear. But you know, I guess uh, if you think about it, you know, this is a guy that, that there's no doubt that Titan. You know, he's been with Titan maybe since day one. I, I I may be wrong there, but I feel like he's fought a lot of freaking fights with Titan. He he's been essentially groomed for this position, and you you've come in and stole his thunder. Oh yeah, so so he's he's definitely uh, a little pissed about that. Hey man. Uh, nothing against Bilal. He's a tough-ass fighter, and he's, he's fought nothing but the best. Uh, he, fighting for Titan, you're gonna you're gonna come across a lot of tough dudes. Absolutely, uh, how to do so. Um, so, like I said, I never underestimate him. But uh, the mental warfare is there. I think I'm winning that. But it ultimately, it comes down to next Friday. He's gonna he's gonna really bite down and and really look for that finish. And he doesn't finish people. I finish people. He 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 just he's a decisionator. He likes to beat people on on split decisions and stuff like that. But uh, he's going to have to do a little more. But, yeah, man, so uh, we're excited, man. Titans groomed him to, to really be their, their guy. But uh, lately, I've, I'm, their, I'm their guy right now. So um, he's going to have to get through me. And Titans, Titans are a great promotion. They're starting to promote me big now. Um, and, and, and I love it. So defend this, this or defend my belt against him, and I really feel like we'll, we'll be able to move to the next step. And if I'm not mistaken, well, this hey. is your first. Uh, this is your first main event with Titan. Yes, sir. It is. It's my first main event, and I'm, I'm lucky, man. I'm blessed. I'm grateful, and uh, I'm ready to show out, man. And I, I, I really compete the best when with pressure, when when there's like stuff like this, like animosity and stuff like that. That's when I fight the best. That's when, like, if Greg knows me since high school, like, you want to piss me off, you you want to like bring the wrestling. I, I bring, yeah, I was I bring, about I bring, to say. I bring the so, so I was about I to know. say, I think that was a G, the G-rated version of you and him running into each other in the back. Backstage, yeah. like you gave us a G-rated version of it. But uh, yeah, but you speaking of you being the you know the, the most well-groomed. I know what you're talking about being the well-groomed guy coming out of. Uh, but speaking of well-grooming, is that uh, you just playing that mustache here in Fort Lauderdale this weekend <laughs> or next weekend? Yeah, man. So uh, I, 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 most people grow that fighting beard. I'm growing the fighting mustache. So. So uh, I'm ready. I'm gonna be I'm repping ready for that. It. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be repping that mustache next week, and uh, man, just show them. Must, the fighting mustache is gonna win. I love it, man. I love, I love it. it. 
<laughs> so, all right, man, I want, I want to let you have an opportunity here to uh, to give some shout outs where they're due, some any sponsor love or training partner love you want to give, and also where listeners can find you on social media. Yes, sir. So I want to go ahead and thank all my training partners and my, my, my team, American Top Team. Uh, without them, man, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, also, Forever Young, Anti-Aging, Robert Navone, uh, Strength and Conditioning, um, I have Kiss My Fist Med- Medical Company and Revive Hemp uh, CBD Oil. So I appreciate them. And, uh, uh, man, I'm ready to go get this. And I'm ready to put on a show for you guys. And I appreciate y'all having me. And, and, where, and where can we find you on social media? Yes, sir. My Instagram is Leadfeather, uh MMA. So um, please check me out, Leadfeather MMA. Give me a follow. And let's whoop some ass next Friday. Let's do it. Once again, this has been your reigning and defending Titan FC flyweight champion, Juan Puerta. He's getting ready to headline Titan FC next weekend. You can catch it on UFC Fight Pass. Make sure you check this one out. It's going to be an all-action fight. It's a bad blood fight, evidently. And uh, I think you can look forward to seeing Juan Puerta on the big stage uh, probably sooner rather than later. Best of skills, Juan. Looking forward to checking it out next weekend. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate y'all having me. Y'all have a great night. Up next on the line, we have rising middleweight prospect Colton Dunn coming off of a big win this past weekend at Valor 56 in Knoxville. Knocks off Javin Hill, who didn't answer the bell in between rounds. And uh, we're, we're glad to have you on the line here tonight. Colton, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I appreciate it, man. I'm uh, really enjoying the win. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on that. And I don't know if you're aware, but we do a picks panel here on the Valor Hour every uh, before every show. The the podcast before each show, we've got a picks panel that makes their picks on the fight as we kind of preview and break down the fights. And all five of these cats picked against you. So I've got Greg Hopkins on the line, who was one of the picks panel that, that picked against you. Greg, uh, what have you got to say for yourself? Uh, and I guess. Uh, by proxy, the rest of the picks panel. <laughs> what I got to say for myself? All right, well, first thing I've done, I want to let you know that whatever ass thrashing you're about to give this whole panel, I only need to receive 20% of it because I'm one-fifth of the whole panel, okay? <laughs> so what do you got to say to the panel right now? Well, man, like y'all said, I'm a, I'm a new prospect, so y'all didn't know what to expect coming in there. But, I mean, every fight I'm going to give it 110%. And no matter what anyone else says, I'm going to go in there and give it all I can. And, I mean, that's all anybody can do. Absolutely, man. Well, let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's introduce you, man, to, to our audience. For those that aren't uh, familiar with you, you know, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of you. Uh, talk a little bit about your background, kind of what got you into MMA. Well, man, I haven't really had a background. I mean, I've always enjoyed the sport. I've always watched it. And my mom used to fight, actually. So, I mean, I just figured let's keep the family tradition going, but maybe take it a step further this time. Well, of course, your your mother, uh, Brandy Davis, if, for the longtime fans uh, that have been, you know, uh, around the, the East Tennessee scene for quite some time, has uh, uh, has fought for cage brawl back in the day. Uh, a really, really tough lady. So uh, good to see her her back around on the scene and her 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 spawn. Now you are carrying on the fighting tradition. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this last fight, man. It was a scrap. Javin Hill came in in shape uh, out of Alabama. And uh, you guys went at it uh, for for the first round, and then the second round he, he didn't come uh, out for that second round. Uh, he was standing up, uh, so I wasn't exactly sure 
what had happened, you know, he wasn't like sitting on a stool and he seemed like he was, from what I could gather, okay, uh, any insight uh, why he, he didn't want to come out for that second round? Man, I have no idea. I'm telling you right now, I was excited for that second round. We had a high-intensity first round, and, I mean, like you said, he was standing up. I was ready to bang it out again, and, I mean, I don't know if he just didn't want any more bombs drops on him or what, but, I mean, I appreciate him coming out from Alabama and fighting, and uh, I hope to see him again, but I'm just glad we can pull off the victory and bring it home. Well, you showed uh, you you showed some heavy hands there, some some real heavy uh, ground and pound, and and really uh, uh, just a high intensity. You know, uh, you come forward. You're a guy that doesn't take backward steps, and that's what we like to see. Of course, talk a little bit about the atmosphere there. Uh, it was a pretty wild night at Cotton Eye Joe. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it was real wild. I'm glad uh, that I got to make it out. I got to see a lot of great fighters, and maybe some people I'll be stepping in the cage with later on in the future. And uh, I definitely enjoyed it. I'm glad that y'all would have me on there. And like you said, I hope we see a lot more of me there. Well, we're, we're, we're going to see you here real soon, of course, coming up here next month, April 5th. It is hour 57. It's a quick turnaround for you. Didn't take any damage there in that fight. You're going to be taking on another guy that is that is known to put on crowd-pleasing fights in James Arden. And uh, we just made this fight this week. I'm really looking forward to this one because uh, I feel like both you guys are the type of guys that are going to come forward and bang, you know, and really put on a show. Uh, talk a little bit about this matchup. Did you have a chance to see Arden at all uh, or, or come across him over the weekend? Uh, and, or, and if not, you know, uh, is it what, what, we, what you can do, what we can expect you to, uh, to bring to this fight here month i know it's not a whole lot of time to to adjust a whole lot of uh, your, your game plan and style in just a month oh uh, no i didn't get a seeing that night but i mean it's kind of the same game plan for every fight you have to be mentally and physically prepared for wherever the fight goes because i mean being a fighter you don't know if it's going to be a stand-up match if you're going to get brought to the ground if you're going to get thrown in the arm bar triangle choke you just have to be ready for all aspects really and i feel like if the fight stands up that i'm gonna bang it out and be ready and if it goes to the ground i might try to submit him or i might try to throw some more ground and pound down i'm just i mean i'm very confident again we're looking forward to it for sure my man uh before i let you go i want to let you have an opportunity to give some shout outs where they're due any kind of a sponsors or training partner love you want to give and also where five fans can uh, follow you on social media to keep up with uh keep up with your career oh well, my first shout-out, I want to thank God most of all because nothing would be possible without him. And uh, I want to thank my training partner, Sean Miller. He got a fight the same night. He didn't come out with a victory, but I was very proud of him. Uh, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have anybody to train with. I'm an independent fighter, and, I mean, he's really pushed me. I want to thank my coaches, and I want to thank my girlfriend for being there throughout it all. And I really want to thank Baylor Fighting for, I mean, giving me this opportunity. And social media – you can follow me on Instagram, Colton Dunn, C-O-A-L-T-O-N-D-U-N-N, and uh, that's about it, guys. Once again, this has been Rising Middleweight Project Colton Dunn coming off a big first-round win at this past Valor. He's going to be coming up in the next Valor. Quick turnaround, taking on James Arden, April the 5th. Make sure you check that out and follow this young man as he rises through the ranks. Thanks so much for the time, Colton. We'll be looking forward to seeing you next month. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. All right, rounding out our interview portion for the evening, I have got light heavyweight prospect CJ Talent on the line with us, fresh off of a big win this past weekend at Valor 56. He knocks off the wrestler Chad Finnerty, round one TKO. 
big congrats on that. How you doing tonight, CJ? Appreciate you taking the time to join us. Oh, anytime, sir. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well, man. I, I, I know I'm sure you're basking in the afterglow of that debut win. And uh, before we talk about that, I don't know if you're familiar or not, but we do a picks panel on the Valor Hour the week of every show where we kind of break down each uh, each fight and give the listeners an opportunity to kind of learn a little bit about the card. And at the same time, we have a picks panel that picks who they think they're going to win. And these dudes unanimously picked five to nothing against you. And one of uh, one of these guys, Greg Hopkins, our, uh, one of our color commentary guys, he's on the line with us now. I'm going to turn it over to him to grovel a little bit uh, about this, uh, the, the, this the, 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 the wrong picks. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, well, here's the thing, uh, CJ. Again, I just explained to them last time that I'm only 20% of the ass thrashing I'm about to get. But I was going to say that on Tapology, he was picked as a 41% underdog to Fennery because of his wrestling and what his background is in the MMA field so far. Uh, we've had some G-rated uh, kind of slap on the wrist for our panelists tonight. But like I said, you can really tell me how you feel about you know being the underdog 100% to our picks panel. Honestly, it was uh, we when we come we started coming into this. We knew we was gonna be the underdogs. Uh, we started out. We didn't have a name to us, and you know, just coming up with uh, the the gym I'm in, it's it's just great because I got to finally do this. And being an underdog just it pushed us so much more. And it's it's I love being the underdog. I like to surprise people, and we like to show how we train. So it it was awesome. Well, he let you well, off the hook pretty easy, Greg. Yeah, I know he did, but with that being said, I want to ask this. Uh, the stoppage at the end of round one, I want to know your thoughts on it. Is you uh, in there? Well, let's, yeah, preface, I'll, let's, I'll, preface, I'll, let's preface this a little bit. Let's, 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 let's preface this a little bit. Let's, let's give a little lead into how the fight went for the listeners that aren't aware. Of course, uh, CJ fought uh, Chad Finnerty, who uh, those, those that aren't aware, a former collegiate wrestler, uh, very good wrestling. Uh, he, so uh, I think that probably had a lot to do with the picks panel's uh, preconceived notions of a wrestler versus a striker uh, at this level, generally going aside with a wrestler. But you were prepared, man. Uh, he, he managed to get you down one time and he really you neutralized him uh, i can't i think you i think you guys got stood up did you guys get stood up or did you get up i, I think yeah we, i think cj got up yeah we we got stood up uh he had me he had me pinned pretty well i mean we knew he was coming into this he was gonna be a good wrestler so we we kind of focused a lot on uh ground and pound from the bottom um we knew if he, if he did get me down i was gonna be on the bottom instead of working on a lot of ground and pound on top we we focused mainly on holding him down and pretty much just eating away at his side of his head and his ribs. And that's, that's exactly what happened. And that's the game plan we went with. So after you were stood up uh, for inactivity, which was essentially a, a testament to your neutralizing him on the ground, not be, he wasn't really able to, to get off enough offense uh, to, to the referee's uh, uh, pleasure, I guess, to keep it on the ground. Um, you really uh, you had him diving for the takedown. He was very committed to that, uh, got in on that ankle pretty deep, and then you started laying the ground and pound to the head, uh, at which point he still was 100% committed to, to that takedown. And at that point, it was kind of shelled up at that that point uh you started laying ground 
pound and pound in, and uh, we got a referee stoppage at that point. Uh, Chad was was somewhat vocal uh, in a in a respectful way uh, about his displeasure with the stoppage. He said it was early, he wasn't hurt. Uh, that said, amateurs they're they're going to always err on the side of caution uh, to make sure that they're protecting the fighters. You had a referee also that I believe that was the first fight he'd ever ref. So uh, just your thoughts overall on uh, on on the stoppage. If you think it was a good stoppage, uh, if you thought it was a little bit early. Um, I mean, I, I mean, of course, I'm gonna be happy with the decision. I mean, I, I had no problem going to the second round. You know, if 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 they were gonna go to the second round, I, I, I mean, I had enough air and I had enough knowledge. I think I still could have done the same same outcome in round two or round three. Um, whenever whenever I got him on the ground and I was grounding and pounding, you know, he had he had one one arm on my leg and the other was just kind of covering his face. And I mean, he was just stagnant and. We trained to not leave it to the refs, and so, I mean, I was going to hit him till the bell rang, or I was going to hit him till they stopped, and I got stopped, and when I got stopped, that's whenever he sadly pulled my leg out from underneath me, so I don't think if that ref would have come in, I, I don't think... I don't. It think was going to change. Right. Yeah. Hey, I can I can I can definitely agree with that assessment. Well said. Uh, before we uh, before we move on, uh, for, let's give the uh, the listeners a little bit of your background. You know, again, the picks panelists really didn't know what they were getting with you. Uh, you being the first fighter to come out of a gym that hasn't had any fighters fight out yet. So it's kind of a mixed bag uh, uh, with that type of situation. Uh, talk a little bit about your gym, Wolves Den in Loudon, Tennessee, and talk a little bit about your uh, your your experience in in training. Yeah, uh, our um, Wolves Den martial arts is actually located out of Madisonville, Tennessee. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. My hometown, my home, my hometown is Wildwood, Tennessee. Okay. But um, uh, this school's it's not been open long. But uh, me and the the head trainer here, the the head owner is uh, Adam Sil or yeah, Adam Sylvie, and w- me and him's been training together for two years. Uh, we, we we he specializes in a lot of hapkido, so I've done a lot of hapkido and uh, taekwondo. And uh, we we've went we've done competitions in jujitsu. We've been doing jujitsu uh, for years now. So I mean, we we really wanted to get an all-around background on every aspect of fighting before we ever decided to put me in the cage. And that was a great thing going into somebody we knew was only a wrestler. So we wanted to uh, come in really low, and that was you know we trained for that. And this gym has uh, I mean we worked. We we were out here at nine ten o'clock at night. We were out here on Sunday. This you you get in with this crew and this crew is committed to training you for whatever outcome there is. That's well, that's man. You, you, you certainly you certainly looked like you were prepared for sure. Uh, what was that now, Greg? <laughs> oh, oh nothing. I, I was just going to let him know beforehand uh, that uh, I actually you know seeing that seeing that fight live and everything that was one of the most uh, it it was an intense fight because as soon as the bell rang. And uh, talent came out with that low stance. I was like, "Oh, this is this is going to be a tough one here." Yeah. And, uh, I think it was a bear hug. It was a, I think it was a bear hug. They went to the ground, and I, I thought CJ had, uh, had got back up. I had forgotten that they got stood up. But uh, yeah, when you're in the corner like that, and uh, CJ Talent did everything he could and, and everything he was supposed to do right. So I don't disagree with the stoppage. Is if you're gonna if you if you're laying down there with your head on the ankle trying to do something, and guys just firing off shots, and you're not returning. I mean, what other option does the referee do have, you know, what has he got? But uh, I did hear uh, around town that you might be moving into a lot, uh, lot heavyweight. Are you going to do that? Yeah, we're thinking about doing that. 
Yeah, well, that, that kind of leads into my last question here. Uh, you know, what are your what are your plans with this? Are you are you looking to make a run at this and 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 stay active and uh, you know try to try to build up your amateur resume towards a title, even going pro? Uh, is this something that you're just looking to do as a hobbyist? Uh, you know, what are what are your goals here? This this is my dream since I've been a kid, and I finally got a chance to step into it. I got a taste of it, and I haven't stopped thinking about it yet. Um, I'm planning on sticking with this. I'm going to fight when I can, how I can. We're going to train. We haven't stopped training. I mean, we don't know who I'm going to fight next or even when I'm going to fight. But until then, we're going to train the way we do. And one day, hopefully, we'll get a title shot, and then we'll see if we can go pro from there. Once again, I, I want to let you. I want to congratulate on that you on that win, man. And I, I really am looking forward to having you guys, uh, uh, you guys back up uh, for more and more Valor cards. Uh, before I let you go, I'm gonna let you give some shout outs where they're due. Any sponsor love or training partner uh, love you want to give, uh, and also where we can follow you on social media. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I want to give a shout out to. I had uh, three good sponsors. I had uh, um, uh, a green CBD shop. Got a, got a good sponsor out of them. Uh, it's on clothing brand. Uh, they got some great quality clothes. Um, they, they've got some, uh, that was a hat I was wearing. It's a fantastic gear. Um, and, uh, carries, uh, memory photography. They do, uh, photography, photography. Um, they do all sorts of different stuff. It's awesome. They got some great quality photos and, uh, still, and, uh, I just, and I'm going to give a great shout out to my coaches. I had, uh, I had some of the best coaches we had. I had one of my coaches come all the way down from Georgia. She was our big jujitsu lady, and um, I'm gonna give a shout out to her. Uh, Phil Jones was my other coach, and uh, uh, Adam Sylvia, of course, my main head coach. I'm gonna give a shout out to them, and then just pretty much everybody that loves, uh, loved, and supported me through this. You know, I actually had some people that, you know, also that, that I know that didn't think I was gonna win this. So I mean, it was good coming in all around at, at a victory. And uh, if anybody wants to find me, I'm on uh, Instagram and I'm on Facebook. Just uh, CJ Talent. It's uh, I mean, pretty easy to look up. So. I'm all once, around. <laughs> once again, uh, this has been CJ Talent, fresh off of his win. Congratulations once again, man. We're looking forward to having you guys back up on Valor Cards. Uh, and make sure you follow this guy. He's gonna be, He's got a lot of talent, a lot of potential. Uh, pardon the ton, or pardon the pun, rather. Uh, thanks so much for the time, CJ. And uh, we, will, we will be catching you, hopefully, in action very soon. All right. Thank you, sir. That does it for our interviews. Thanks so much to our guests for taking some time out of their evening to chat with us. And that will bring us into our Valor 56 recap. It went down this past Friday night, March the 1st, at the Cotton Eye Joe, as always. And uh, it was another fun night of fights. A lot of, a lot of finishes, a lot of good action, a rowdy crowd, and uh, and, and some, some statements were made, some upsets were, were had. And uh, we're going to break it all down here. We started off with uh, amateur tie as we are apt to do we had a late replacement elijah gilbertson this guy was a character he had a uh, i liked him he was uh, he, he stepped in on short notice and took on jalen harper uh who was a debut from american killer bees coached uh, by david robbins there and these guys man they went to war uh and it was a back and forth battle for uh for two rounds and then in the third round uh harper finally started to open up a little bit started to started to tag gilbertson and, he, and Gilbertson was starting to fade fade 
at that point and got a stoppage. But uh, a pretty good accounting uh, by Gilbertson for those first couple rounds. He's a long, tall, rangy, athletic guy. He's got a lot of potential, and a, and a, and he's a character. He, he's got a, you know he's wearing the leopard print uh, uh, fur coat with a walkout. He's got the Elvis uh, do going on and the big shade. So I'm really looking forward to having him back. Uh, but it was Jalen Harper's night, and uh, he moves to one and zero in his uh, debut. Very composed, technical fighter like you would expect out of American Killer B. Greg, your take. Uh, yeah, this this whole card was like this, but uh, uh, another new guy coming here. Uh, both actually, both of new guys. Like already on the card, this whole card. I wanted to be. I couldn't really be biased with anybody because I liked every single person on this card. And this is two new ones that came in that I also like again. But uh, yeah, that was an action-packed fight right there. And um, Elijah, he was uh, he was a character. Uh, I really liked his walk to the ring uh, with his, uh, his, his his leopard jacket and his and his. His hippie glasses, those were cool too. I, I enjoyed his uh, his charisma in the ring and everything. But uh, Jalen uh, Jalen stuck to more of the MMA instead of the showboat style. But I'm excited to see both fighters come back and uh, I'm ready to see both of them, you know, make the transition into MMA. That's what I want to see. Of course, that led us into our first uh, our first MMA bout, and it was a catchweight at 140 pounds. It was the return of the ninja, Nick Wigley, uh, coming out of KMAA. He was uh, off of a, his first loss uh, to Sean Hammond uh, a few months uh, back, and so he's rebounding here against the debuting Sean Miller. Uh, Miller had a, had a, had his moments early. You know, he was very aggressive. He was uh, he, he clocked Wigley a couple times, put him in some uh, some uh, interesting situations, but uh, Wigley hits a throw to a head throw towards the end lands in top position and uh, gets that TKO uh, in the first round. Pretty good accounting again uh, by Sean Miller, but Wigley moves to two and one and uh, looks to keep uh, that surge rolling. Uh, real good guy. This Nick Wigley, exciting fighter, uh, Jeff. Yeah. You know, uh, Sean Miller, uh, he, he was a surprise, you know, um, I kind of always got my, my uh, preconceived notions about independent fighters coming in, but uh, he definitely, kind of beats some of those stereotypes, um, you know, that, that I have of independence coming in. Um, this was the fight that you, uh, hope to see from Wigley, you know, that Sean Hammond fight, um, you know, that we all, you can remember back, that guy came in and was a beast. And so this was the Nick Wigley that I, you know, we had hoped to see, but I think that Sean Hammond's fight, he had, he just, he ran into, you know, a cock strong guy that we had never seen. So this was, this was what we expected from Nick Wigley and he was able to show it this time. Um, so he looks good. Uh, like the ninja, all these guys seem to have their gimmicks now and he's got his and it's, it's working for him. For the record, uh, the, the the panel was unanimous in their picks on the first fight for Jalen Harper and the second fight for Nick Wigley. So the panel starts off 2-0 and as a whole. Uh, moving into the, the third fight, that would change dramatically as we saw C.J. Talent, who we spoke to uh, just a little bit earlier. He makes his debut and gets a win uh, out of the Wolf's Den uh, in Madisonville, Tennessee. It was the first time they'd had anyone fight out of that gym. So he was, you know, had a, he had the the gym on his back is their first ever representative mm-hmm. comes out and uh, and gets the first round finish over Chad the freak Finnerty out of Alabama we all like Chad a whole lot but uh, in this case Chad was was very driven on that takedown as we we assumed he would be uh, he got it early and uh, and CJ was able to neutralize him where he wasn't able to really get a lot of offense off the referee stood them up and uh, Chad immediately was back on the takedown had the ankle and was committed to it but uh, CJ started firing and off shots to the head and Chad never really defended himself from that position and the referee stopped the fight like 
man, it was like right at the bell. I mean, it was it was like right at the end of the round. It was really, really close. I wasn't sure if the fight had been called off or if it was the end of the round. I don't think anybody really knew. So uh, congrats to CJ Town. I think Chad was a little disappointed with the stoppage. Uh, as I said before in the interview, he was respectful about questioning it, but uh, he didn't take any damage, he said. Uh, but as we said, the, the, the refs are always going to err on the side of caution with these amateurs. And uh, CJ Town, congratulations to him. Gets his first win and also a win for the Wolves Den MMA uh, club there. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, after, uh, you know, live, live, I watched the stoppage and uh, I didn't totally agree with it. Uh, we had the, you know, first time ref in there and he uh, he was kind of across the ring letting the guys do their thing and uh, wasn't really closing on the action, you know. But uh, I don't disagree with the stoppage because, uh, you know, uh, Chad Fennery, I guess he, you know, he was really committed to getting that ankle pick, and uh, I think he overcommitted to it. And if you take so many shots from a uh, very large guy like CJ Talent just raining down on your head, I mean, what do you do? You have to stop the fight, and so that's what happened. And I agree with the stoppage. So, uh, uh, congrats to CJ Talent there. And of course, the panel picked unanimously for Chad Finnerty. So that made the panel two and one as a whole, as they all missed out on that one. Moving into our next bout, we went all the distance on this one. Welterweights, 170 pounds. It was Josh Miller, the brother of Caleb Miller, uh, 1 and 0 coming into this off of a win over uh, Ryan McCullough at the last show. And he takes on Joe Boer, who was uh, coming in only picked by Roy. Um, all four of the other panelists besides Roy picked Josh Miller, and they were correct as he takes a pretty one-sided unanimous decision uh, win over Boer. Um, this went all three rounds, and it was uh, it was pretty much jo- Josh Miller showing uh, uh, good takedown defense and, uh, and and pretty decent striking. You know, I, I felt like he was aggressive. He came forward, uh, was accurate on his punches. Boer was doing a good job of kind of covering up and avoiding those initial flurries and had good opportunities to counter, but, but just wouldn't pull the trigger. And so uh, I think he's aware of what he needs needs to do to work on his game. He's got a pretty solid jiu-jitsu game, but if guys aren't worried about about anything else, they, they kind of know uh, the, the plan right now to, to beat him. And so he's, he's got some adjustments to make that he's aware of. Uh, Josh Miller moves to 2-0, uh, do, does everything he's supposed to do there. Uh, I'm sure there was a game plan in the fact that he followed uh, to a team most likely and, uh, and gets some good rounds in, goes all three rounds uh, and moves to 2-0. Greg, your thought, I'm sorry, uh, Jeff, uh, your thoughts on, uh, on this uh, welterweight contest? Yeah, uh, you know, Miller looked good. Uh, for me, the biggest, you know, takeaway was was Boer. And, uh, you know, kind of like you said, uh, you know, I don't know. He, he, I feel like Josh, is, even though he's got only four fights, I feel like he's kind of been around for a while. And and um, I, the guy is awesome. I love talking to him. I've never met, you know, he's he ranks right up there with some of the more respectful, sure. nicest guys, whether he knows you or not. He comes to say hi to everybody and shake everybody's hand before a fight. But, you know, I just feel like, I don't know. It's like fight after fight, you don't see the evolution. You don't, you don't see his game evolving. Um, it just kind of, you just kind of pawn out a jab, uh, not really setting up any combinations. Um, the, the shots just seemed desperate for me. And, and they, were, they, they weren't set up. You know, the shots weren't set up. Uh, he wasn't trying to keep uh, Miller thinking. Uh, he wasn't doing any kind of feints and maybe, you know, trying to set up a takedown. It was just a very, just a very slow pace by Boer. And so, you know, I think me and you talked about it there cage side that 
Um, it was just like he was in quicksand and, and wouldn't pull the trigger, uh, wouldn't throw anything but the one kind of haymaker that would come, and, and that was it. And, you know, I'm not real sure about that cover-up defense. Um, it's not going to work for too long, um, just covering up and taking shots. So, um, you know, congrats to Miller. He looked great. Um, I picked him just based on that fill-in fight from the Joe before where he filled in for his brother and looked phenomenal. Um, that's the only time that I'd seen him fight, but it impressed me enough to pick him again this time, and I'm glad I did. Of course, uh, that brings us to our next bout where the panel was unanimous on this one, and uh, they pulled it off. But, uh, man, I tell you what, this one started off uh, like it was going to be uh, fireworks, really. And uh, it was uh, our second tie fight and our first female fight of the night. And Ashley Lott out of the Academy of Athletics down Chattanooga, uh, Rossville, Georgia area. Uh, she makes her return after a couple years away and gets a first-round knockout. And that is rare to see with the small ladies. These are of straw weights, 115 pounds. Nice, nicely placed body shot drops Emily Keck. She's unable to answer the bell, uh, and uh, she moves to two and zero. Oh. Tell you what, though, Emily Keck looked really good uh, before that. Before that blow landed, she was very tight and technical, uh, quick. Uh, you could tell she's very skilled, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, both of these ladies back in action. Greg, your thoughts on uh, these ladies? Yeah, both girls came ready. Uh, they both were, you know, look both incredibly athletically inclined. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, Ashley was just a little bit, a little bit bigger and she was able, I think she had a little bit more experience and was able to start to pick a, pick her apart in the later and in, uh, in the later in the round uh, when she was setting up her kicks. And I think that's what made the difference in that fight. What was the first round that it ended? Yeah. That's what I'll say later on in the round. Not oh, okay. Really, yeah, like yeah. Later on in the round. Yeah. Well, congrats to Ashley Lott. Really looking forward to getting her back in there. And there's talk of soon uh, seeing her husband, uh, Mr. Danny Schmidt, uh, back in action here soon. Uh, they're looking to do a husband-wife combo kind of thing, and that could be that could be cool to see. Uh, bringing us to our next bout, back to MMA, back to another unanimous loss for the panel here. It was Micah Downs taking on the Seagoat, Anthony Cochran. The panel was unanimous, five to nothing in favor of the Seagoat, Anthony Cochran, who came in and uh, at two to one, at two and one. Uh, against Downs, who was one and two, but Downs, man, he was all action. He was, uh, he pushed the pace, very aggressive, heavy-handed, uh, had uh, Cochran up against the fence, and uh, just really overwhelmed him with strikes, and uh, managed to get the Seagoat out of there in the first round, uh, and move his record to two and two. Impressive showing by uh, Mr. Micah Downs. Jeff Hobbs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Seagoat walked the plank on this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Micah, yeah. And you said it all right there. There's not much more I can add to it. He just he overwhelmed him. He was dramatically stronger than him, uh, just more aggressive. He swarmed him, uh, didn't didn't let up, and, and this one was over quick. It was just kind of one of those, oh, shit, you know, this is over. And you could tell from the, as soon as they engaged uh, that uh, he was just going to be too much for him. So, um, yeah, we screwed the pooch on that one. <laughs> At least everyone did. And, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of both guys. Both guys now two and two. I think Cochran may be better suited at 145, just size-wise. Uh, you know, it's a learning process. These amateurs, I think he could kind of be a, a tweener back and forth. But uh, unless he were to bulk up some, I feel like maybe he might be better suited at 145 against some, you know, some of these bigger 55s. Uh, the next one, I didn't get to see a whole lot of. I saw the aftermath. I, there was a lot of blood. Uh, I think some of it was ingested. 
by Greg. And uh, this one was lightweights. It was uh, it was uh, Caleb Miller, the brother of Josh Miller, as we mentioned before. He was 4-0, one of the top prospects in the area. Uh, he was unanimously picked by the panel, and he gets a round one finish of Mr. Taylor Wilson, who really brought it, man. I'm a fan of, of both these guys. And Taylor Wilson's guy who he is tough as shit and strong and mean and uh man he got uh, i'm gonna kind of probably let greg recap this a little bit more than me because i like i said i really only saw the aftermath i know that he got clipped with like a a, a glancing toenail shot uh from a kick that that opened him up pretty good but he fought through that uh for quite a while until caleb eventually got him with that that first round finish greg uh your your thoughts on this and anything that i that i essentially didn't cover uh, well, uh, just right off the rip, Taylor started lowering his level, and it looked like he was going to take a shot when he lowered, and Caleb just hit him with a swift left, left, uh, left roundhouse right to his head. And when it connected, it didn't just leave a little you know, mark. It didn't just leave a little slash for blood. It looked like it was a little Mercedes Benz you know, <laughs> cut in his head and that was right there on his temple so it was just you know blood was just pumping and uh from that point on i just had justin and vince next to me calling me a little bitch because some blood like went in my mouth <laughs> when they went against the cage because i'm sitting there talking and blood like goes in my mouth and i'm like oh my god like, Bro, these guys get tested these guys get tested shut the hell up and I'm like, oh, my God. So I grabbed my drink sitting there to take a sip of it. And as I'm taking it to try to wash that blood out, just get some, there's blood all in my drink. And I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, that was, that was, that was freaking awesome. Uh, if, uh, yeah, well, yeah, you touched it all up right there, though, man. Uh, Caleb looked really impressive uh, because that fight, that, that was a, I, I, I really think that was a difference maker, too, whenever Taylor was wearing that damn, uh, crimson mask like Ric Flair. Uh, I really do. I think that was the difference in the fight, and that really took a toll on Taylor throughout the duration of it because there was a lot of bloody loss. Uh, but, yeah, Caleb stood out a, a great deal, and I can't wait to see where he goes from here. No doubt, man. I'm looking forward to seeing seeing both of these guys uh, return again. I think we're going to see them both probably sooner rather than later. Uh, that brings us to our next bout, middleweights. And again, the panel got this one unanimously wrong as it was Colton Dunn uh, beating Javin Hill by round one. I believe it was called TKO. It, it, the round was finished. Uh, they were getting ready to come back out for round two. And, and round one was good. It was back and forth, a lot of heavy, heavy strikes thrown. Um, and uh, Hill didn't answer the bell for round two. He he was up off of his stool, so I don't think that there was any sort of major injury. I wasn't ever really able to figure out exactly why he didn't continue, but it was Colton Dunn who got that uh, that round one, I, I guess it would be called the TKO, um, and um, moves up to one of one. We're going to see him against uh, one of the guys we're going to talk about here in just a couple fights uh, again at April the 5th card. Uh, but, yeah, Colton Dunn proves the panel wrong. Uh, Jeff Hobbs. Yep, Colton Dunn screwed me over on my independence. <laughs> and, uh, I'm like you, though, man. I, I really can't say much about the spikes. I, I didn't understand, never really got a clear um, understanding of what happened in between rounds. Um, because if I do remember correctly, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that I wouldn't have scored the first round for Javin. Uh, you know, uh, it was, he had a good round. It was a good fight. I didn't. Um, I didn't see any kind of injury. I don't know if he just gassed or, you know, maybe he had that dump on the chair where you just have that adrenaline dump or that feeling and you just, you know, like I'm, I'm done. I feel sick. Maybe maybe that's when he sat down and thought he was going to throw up. I don't know. Maybe I, I wish I knew more, but I don't. Other than, like I said, Colton 
Colton totally uh, screwed up my whole um, my whole philosophy on independence here. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, and, and Colton, you know, he was a, he was a strapping young lad, and uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to see him uh, him return. Both these guys, you know, I'm not exactly sure what happened to Javon, but he looked like he was you know put together in good shape. And uh, like you said, I it maybe even had an, an argument to take that first round. So uh, we'll see how uh, how these guys do as they move forward. Uh, it was, that was the first of three consecutive middleweight fights. The next middleweight bout was uh, another decision here, and it, the panel uh, was split on this one. It was uh, Devin Davis out of uh, the Black Line Studios in Alabama taking on Ethan Bettingfield from the American Killer Bees. Bettingfield comes in 2-0. and Davis, uh, Davis, I'm sorry, was 1-0. and uh, This was kind of a tale of two rounds versus one round. After the first two rounds, Bettingfield used his wrestling, was able to uh, kind of keep control. Uh, Davis Davis was uh, maybe, uh, you know, arguably landing more damage, but uh, Bettingfield, uh, you know, kept good position, good control. Third round, Bettingfield was really tired, and uh, and, and and to me looked maybe like he, he got hurt in that third round a couple times, but he was able to keep his wits about him, avoids getting finished. Uh, Davis came on strong there at the end, but the judges uh, ruled in favor of Ethan Bettingfield, who moves to 3-0. and The panel, uh, Jeff, uh, David, and Greg, uh, all were correct in Ethan Bettingfield, Roy and Mark, both with Devin Davis. But uh, they're uh, both these guys again. I, w- I was excited to see both of them. Uh, you know, Bettingfield moves to three and zero. That is, uh, that's a guy that you know we could potentially see in uh, some bigger fights coming up. And Davis, uh, I don't. He didn't lose a lot of stock. He was he still brought it. He was still uh, trying his best to bring the fight. And I, I think that we could still see some very exciting fights uh, from him as well. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Greg? My pick on the. Uh on the Valor Hour for fight of the night was this one. Uh, and my pick at the fight before they walked into the cage, because it was pretty deep on the card, was still this one. And then after the, you know, the night they won, and I talked to Devin after the fight, and I talked to Ethan too. Uh, Ethan, you know, he mentioned that was the toughest fight he's ever had in his life and uh, was, was real happy with the win. And Devin uh, really, really bothered him. It really, really got, it's eating at him bad that he uh, he has a, he doesn't have any wrestling in his uh in his um in his arsenal and uh he's just i think that that's one of the biggest things that you can have and ethan ethan had had the whole ground and pound thing going on but <laughs> devin was hammering down some strikes in the third round i that's that was the kind of fight that you want to see go five rounds because it was really anybody's fight and uh but ethan did he didn't come out with the better with a few takedowns and uh just still all around both guys uh, fantastic fight. Like you said, Devin's stock didn't go down, and Ethan's went way up by beating a guy like Devin Davis because it's probably one of the best one-on-one Amis you're going to see at middleweight in the Southeast, it, you know, Devin Davis. And then you got 3-0 and Ethan Bettingfield, uh, quick rising. And he's, he's going to move down to 170 pretty soon because he's not a real big He's he's still huge and cut up and whatnot, but he's not a real big 185. So when he gets down to 70, look for just an absolute thrasher right there in Ethan Bettingfield. Yeah, I agree. I agree. At 170, he's going to be uh, a handful for sure. Uh, our third middleweight bout in a row here, and uh, this one was uh, this one was a little crazy. Uh, it was James Arden out of Maryville uh, taking on uh, Stephen Tank Wilson Jr. out of KMAA. The panel was split on this one. Uh, Jeff, Roy, and Greg calls it correct on uh, Tank Wilson Jr. Uh, Mark and David both called that one wrong on James Arden. Uh, I thought we were going to get a little more of a 
a bang fest here from uh, from the talk, but uh, Wilson showed off some great wrestling, some big, huge slams and takedowns, big ground and pound. Uh, won the first round, second round uh, gets a rear naked choke that uh, put Arden to sleep, and uh, and he advances the one and zero. That was uh, he had a rowdy crowd there, and, uh, got a lot of potential, uh, Mr. Tank Wilson, and I'll be looking forward to seeing uh, him uh, uh, taking a couple steps up here in the next uh, in the next couple months. Arden uh, will be fighting the aforementioned Colton Dunn on the April 5th card, and that is a fight that uh, that I do think we will get a good uh, back-and-forth kind of brawl, if you will. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts? Thoughts are uh, this fight alone could probably be the reason why the Joe uh, invests in barricades. Yeah. Um, they got the... They got the security got their first real taste of, of having to put in some work. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things like we were talking during the fight, uh, Tim was, you know, during the fight when you're having to control that crowd, uh, it's, it's kind of frustrating and you're a little irritated. Uh, the people can't uh, behave themselves, if you will, a little better. But when it's over and everyone has settled down, you sit back and you go, that's the type of fight this show needed. You know, because they were involved, they were engaged, and they took, you know, uh, you know, kind of a Wimbledon type approach, you know, where it's quiet and everybody's doing the golf clap or something like that, into a rowdy fight. And that's what we were there for was a rowdy night and a rowdy fight. So, you know, that was the the fight, I think, that turned the crowd uh, on. You know, um, Wilson, I, I think he's just, you know, he's just too strong. He's He was too strong for him. Uh, too dynamic. I think you can obviously see where he was still raw and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of what he had was just that raw strength. Uh, it's going to be hard at that level for, you know, debut guys and one and oh, oh, and one type guys. Um, so he's, Wilson's going to get better. Um, he's not going to have to rely on that strength the more he trains with Eric and that team. Um, and if I'm not surprised, this one ended in a head and arm choke, didn't it? Uh, you know, yeah, it was either a rear naked choke or a head and arm choke. I know Arden. I, it, was a head and, it was a head and arm choke. Yeah. It was a head and arm choke because that's the part that surprised me. I was like, he was just so raw and everything was just power. And I thought, okay, he's just going to TKO him. He's going to yeah. ground a pound, hammer fist him to death. And then all of a sudden, bam, head and arm choke. <laughs> it was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, wasn't expecting that. Um, you know, it, it looked he was trying to he was trying to finish it on his knees uh, at first, and you were just like, okay, this is not going to happen. And finally, he listened. You know, he heard his corner, and he dropped his hips to the mat and laid flat. And, that, and as soon as he did, that was all she wrote. So um, it was very unique to to watch it go from just a brawl into a slick submission. So uh, hats off to him. Yeah, a lot of potential shown there by uh, by Tank Wilson Jr. and I, I really am looking forward to seeing uh, what comes next. There's some talk of him moving to 170 as well. Uh, that would bring us to our amateur main event, our one title fight of the night. As we count our first uh, bantamweight female champion, Morgan Hickam of KMAA moves to four and zero, keeps her undefeated streak alive with the unanimous decision victory over the teeny beast Fatini Candris, coming all the way from Myrtle Beach, and uh, you know. This 
this was uh, uh, kind of a case of, of Morgan being able to really just utilize that that uh, superior length, and uh, Fatini wasn't able to collapse the pocket like she needed to to kind of just stay in her face. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, it, it's a, a great learning experience, I'm sure, uh, for both ladies uh, as they got to go all the rounds. And um, and again, uh, nobody really lost any stock in this one, I don't think. Uh, Jeff and David called this one correctly for Morgan Hickam. Uh, Greg, Roy, and Mark uh, called it incorrectly with Candris. Greg, your thoughts on this uh, title fight? Yeah, I think that uh, Taney had her work cut out for her on uh, Morgan Hickam. She's a she's a grinder in fights, and she's a damn leg kicking machine. Like both of them were just exchanging through the fight, but Morgan was getting the better of every exchange. And uh, like, I mean, that that was the whole fight. It, and that's uh, Morgan Hickam. Uh, uh, she made a liar out of me and proved me wrong there, and uh, probably won't bet against her for a while. So, uh, congratulations to Morgan Higgum. Absolutely, new, new, some new hardware there to go around her waist. Brings us to our pro portion of the card. We saw Dre Miley kick that off. Round one verbal submission. The panel was unanimous in picking him over Jeremy Rogers, who came all the way from uh, the Mississippi Memphis uh, area. There, uh, Rogers pretty game in the opening minutes, uh, but Dre was able to get him down, land some very heavy body shots. Uh, one of which he was very. Uh, it was evident that it was it affected him, and it wasn't uh, maybe another twenty. 30 seconds later, uh, Rogers said he couldn't continue. Uh, I don't know if he dislodged a rib or, or what happened there, but one of those body shots was, was just too much, and we got a verbal submission from Jeremy Rogers. Dre goes to 5-2. and two. Jeff? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, Dre Miley's night, uh, which he's a good kid. I like seeing that. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it was a good way to kick off the pro portion of the card. Um, you know, Rogers, I don't know. He for you know the the verbal submission the the wince and pain but then you know the jump up and uh, I don't know call me cynical but he you know he didn't seem hurt after the fight was called off and they were separated and stood up and he was real you know you had a good fight so you know I don't know how much of that was really the ribs uh, as opposed to look this shit ain't going my way and it's only going to get worse uh, I'm I'm getting out of here. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, like I said, he was game for about sixty seconds, and Dre just uh, smothered him, and it wasn't going to get any better for him. So maybe uh, he just, uh, you know, he didn't want to prolong the inevitable, and just said, "I'm out." So uh, happy to see Dre get the win. Um, you know, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to maybe even see uh, in the future. I think the uh, the fight with Nathan Lindsay was a good fight when they fought uh, a while back, and both are a little older, a lot wiser, and I think both have a lot more tools in their toolbox, so that would be a good fight to look at again maybe in the future. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. You know, Nate, Nate got the submission finished the first time around, but hasn't really been as active. Uh, as Dre, so I, I feel like you know, in the, the amount of time that's passed since then, it, it's arguable that Dre's kind of earned that rematch back. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, and and Dre was looking good in that fight. You know, Nathan was just a little slicker with the submission, and and uh, you know, like you said, Dre has gotten better, and he's been more active, which has gotten him better. And on the flip side, Nate hasn't been as competitive, but he continues to hone his jujitsu skills, which is where he beat Dre last time. So I, I think it would be just, I think it'd be interesting. 
Of course, that brings us to our final female bout of the night. It was the Shanimal, Shanna Young, and uh, she was unanimously picked by the panel. They were all correct. She gets a first-round submission win over Anastasia Bruce from New York, and uh, she gets it in style, gets a, an inverted triangle, a rare submission win, uh, a rare technique that you see uh, get, the, get a submission win, especially on the pro level. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? Your real dominating performance by Shanna Young there. Uh, she actually had a you know, stop what she was doing in the middle of her fight because the crowd was in such awe, like, wow, look at her just making, you know, different transition, different transition from firing from here to there. She was actually, like, painting a picture there, and everybody was just observing, and jaws dropped, and everybody's just like, wow, look at this shit, you know? And then Shane is like, looks around, and starts like, start, start, come on, guys, come on, come on. I'm, you know, y'all, here. I mean, you know, I was just like, damn, they, nobody's getting in there. Then everybody went crazy because, they realized, yeah, she's out there doing something right now, so let's let's, let's cheer her on. But uh, yeah, she put a, a, an amazing, you know, display display of MMA really on her. You know, it was a full it was a full rounded fight. Like I mean, like she hit every every aspect of uh, you know kicking. She, she knocked her legs out from under her plenty of times. Took her to the ground, uh, then worked climbed the ladder all the way up into a you know a triangle and was firing off the whole time. It was crazy. Of course, that moves Shannon to six and one now, and uh, I can't be the one to announce any specifics, but I know she got some very good news uh, within about 24 hours of that win, so uh, hopefully we can make some announcements on that uh, coming up soon. Uh, props to Anastasia Bruce, uh, very tough uh, pro debut for her, and uh, we'll be seeing her back. I, I, we've got some, uh, we've got another fight for her lined up here soon, and uh, a pleasure to work with uh, both of these ladies. Uh, that brings us to our feature bout, and uh, we had a split panel once again, and the correct side was Jeff, Roy, and Greg, as Roy, Real Steel Sanders, gets win number two of his career as he gets a triangle victory over Billy Two-Tone Combs, who was selected by Mark and David. Uh, this one, uh, it, it went uh, nearly four minutes. Uh, Roy was on top for the majority of that working uh, for, uh, I'm sorry, Billy was on top for the majority of that as Roy was was working for submissions. Uh, David Robbins had jumped in the corner of Billy and was doing a pretty good job of, of kind of guiding him through, fending those off, uh, maybe in hopes of a stand-up. But eventually Roy was able to, to get those long legs uh, past the shoulder, gets the triangle, and a uh, tap out from Billy. And uh, congratulations to Roy, one of the, one of the one of the good guys uh, out there. It's always uh, always uh, good to, to see him get a win. Uh, Greg, I'm sorry, Jeff, your thoughts? Yep. Well, I'd like to say that you know Roy has gotten his second win and. And he is riding off into the sunset, but we all know that that is not true. Roy Sanders will be back for more. Oh yes. Um, but yeah, like you said, it couldn't happen to a better guy. Both these guys are great. Um, but we knew, you know, we knew that there was going to be an ecstatic winner and a really, really down. Uh, I don't want to call him a loser. Uh, whoever was coming out on the short end of the stick was really going to be down because both, you know, fully uh, felt and believed that um, this was their shot at their next win. Um, so you got to feel bad for Billy, um, feel good for Roy, um, couldn't happen to a better guy and, you know, wish that it didn't happen to, you know, to such a good guy. So it's about all I can say on this one, you know, congratulations to him and, uh, hopefully we'll uh, see them both back. 
That brings us to our co-main event. I'm going to get both of you guys' takes on these last two fights. Uh, co-main event, it was a catchweight, 160 pounds. Uh, Charlie C4 Alexander taking on Jordan Weeks. The panel was 4-1 to one in favor of Charlie Alexander Roy, the lone dissenter taking Jordan Weeks. And Jordan Weeks pulls off the upset. Uh, the first round uh, was was pretty much all Charlie. He, he was able to control the striking, uh, seal the deal with a takedown at the end of the round. Second round was much closer. Weeks was starting to open up and do do a little better with the striking, uh, but, but it was very close. And uh, same game plan. Charlie went for the takedown to try to, uh, to seal the round or in that second round potentially even uh, kind of decide the round. Uh, and, um, and unfortunately for Charlie, uh, Weeks was as, as we knew, uh, is very tricky on the ground. Has pulled off lots of submissions over over good guys. And uh, tonight, or I'm sorry, Friday night was no difference. He gets a Dars choke and gets the tap from uh, the C4 with about uh, it was less than a minute to go on the clock. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Charlie Alexander uh, just uh, really. Uh, was doing really well with the striking, but uh, he took it to Jordan Weeks, uh, you know, strong, strong suit, and Jordan capitalized. And so, uh, congratulations to Jordan, and I think we're going to be seeing him back again really soon, and hopefully Charlie as well. Uh, but a bit of an upset win here for Jordan Weeks, who uh, who shows that you can't ever uh, ever count him out. Uh, Greg, first, let's get your take. Uh, other than the fight of the night with uh, Devin Davis and Betting Field, uh, I think that this display of uh, just like wrestling and jujitsu out of both guys like the reversals that we saw and the different transitions back and forth was uh worth the whole fight right there and uh, i think that everybody was you know in all two of it after the fact uh because uh, you know I, I picked against jordan in this fight and uh, uh hats off to hats off to jordan weeks for this that was an incredible incredible victory and uh I, I enjoyed getting to watch it right there next to it. It was an awesome fight. And Greg, I'm sorry, Jeff, your uh, your thoughts? Uh, well, nobody was probably more surprised than Charlie Alexander. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, this was just one of those fights, man, where, it, you know, Alexander was fully in control, I felt, of this fight. Um Game plan in round one was perfect. He's we always we know that Charlie's kind of a slow starter, but it's just more methodical. Um, he was wearing the lower leg out, the ankle and the calf, um, you know, wearing it out. Uh, get, I'm doubling up on you know jabs, uh, double up, triple up on jabs. I mean, it was looking really good. It was a it was a textbook round for Charlie in the first round. Second round, yeah, Jordan came out a little more aggressive. Um, I, I thought for a second there when it went to the ground, I think we both were like, it's over, because Charlie had a deep guillotine um, when it first went to the ground. And, uh, you know, Jordan was able to, uh, to to get out of it. And then I really think – I think Charlie just took for granted, um, you know, Jordan's ground game. I think he was too comfortable because I think he even kind of – uh, got out of one himself and kind of alligator rolled out of a submission. Um, and when he got to his hands and knees, uh, you know, to get up, I think he just, he underestimated the guy's been on the ground, uh, you know, with Keith Olson, who we know is a decorated, you know, jujitsu uh, player and had zero problems with him. And I think he just got way too comfortable and, and didn't have that fear uh, that you should always have. And I think he just, got to his hands and knees and was lazy 
uh, and got surprised. Like I said, no, everybody was in shock, but nobody more than Charlie. Um, now the good thing is, is Charlie, you know, was smart enough to know I can't get out of this. I'm going to go ahead and tap. He was able to come out injury free and, you know, Jordan's going to be able to parlay a great win into a quick turnaround and vice versa. Charlie's going to be able to, uh, get out of a fight, win or lose, injury-free, which is something he's not been able to do for a long time. And if he doesn't like the taste in his mouth, he's able to get back in and, and fix it if he wants to. Absolutely. Now, the panel uh, got their revenge on Roy in our main event. It was 4-1 to one again, but Roy on the on the losing side as slick Nick Gertz wins the main event, round one TKO over a very game Nick Overblood Martino. Uh, everyone on the panel chose Gertz except for Roy, who went with Martino. Uh, this one uh, was interesting, man. Uh, Martino, he, he drops Gertz early, and uh, Gertz was able to uh, kind of – kind of overcome the uh the him being stunned there and and hold on for a takedown uh gets uh gets top control uh toyed around with a couple submissions for a moment but then starts the ground and pound and uh and martino was unable to recover from that now slick nick gertz gets the uh the the finish in the first round after about a year and a half or more off uh, so he bounces back, moves to nine and four. And uh, Martino, after talking to his dad today or yesterday, it may have been, um, apparently what had happened was when Martino had, had knocked uh, Nick down, uh, Nick had also connected with a, with a glancing blow kind of at the same time that broke Martino's nose. And that kind of put him in a, into a bit of a, a tailspin as well. But I didn't realize that was happening uh, as it happened. Uh, congrats to Slick Nick, who's, uh, like I said, 9-4 and four now. Looking forward to seeing him in a, in a big fight here uh, hopefully soon. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts on the main event? Yeah, it was a good fight. It was exciting. Um, you know, the crowd was into it. Um, I just think it was one of those nights. There's just sometimes that certain fighters on certain nights in certain venues and situations, um, you're not going to beat them. And, and it was Nick Gertz night. Um, well, who was that that sat with us? Was that his grandma, you know, uh, that, that pulled up her chair? Yeah, you just felt it. There was, there was no way Nick Gertz was losing that fight. Not in that venue with those family members and fans there on that night. Um, it just wasn't going to happen, you know, regardless of how we all thought it would or wouldn't happen or how it was going to go. I think it was just in the stars. Nick Gertz was not going to lose that fight. He was going to make sure he didn't lose that fight. Um, and, and he didn't, uh, he was dominant on the ground. He was overwhelming them. He was strong, um, resilient and, uh, you know, hats off to him. That was exciting. I was glad to see him back. It was good to see him in the cage again. And, uh, hopefully we get to see him again, uh, before he, you know, maybe gets his shot, um, at, at one of the big shows, who knows? Um, hope we get to see him again. I think there's still some good fights out there for him locally. Um, but we'll see. Greg, your take. Uh, yeah, Nick Gertz. I think he's just, he is on another level right now. Uh, and that's not, that's not a loss to hang your head about. Uh, if you're Nick Martino, uh, uh, don't, uh, I mean that that it was an intense fight just to leading up to it too because uh, both guys wanted this win you know of course but uh, I think that Nick knew he needed it more for the direction he's going right now in his life in MMA and whatnot so uh, overall though uh, every every time we go to these shows at Joe it seems like each one's getting better like every time. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt, man. And uh, this one, uh, this one delivered, especially there towards the end. I'm I'm looking forward to April. We've got three pro female fights. 
uh, in April, along with uh, David Robbins, Jason Wolf uh, as our pro card. So I'm pretty pretty excited for that. Uh, before we wrap it up and let Jeff go, I want to get each of you guys' take on who's the biggest winner of the night. Who comes out of the night uh, smelling the freshest and uh, and kind of uh, with the with the the biggest uh, statement, if you will, uh, Jeff. Man, um, who comes out smelling like roses? I'm going to go with the Shanimal just because, um, like I said, we've all kind of heard some rumblings, you know, uh, behind the scenes on on what she's doing and the moves that she's making and how close, you know, she is. And uh, we knew that it it's just we know that it's not going to it wasn't going to take much. It's not going to take much more to, to to tip her over the edge. And it sounds like, you know, maybe. Uh, something has happened in the last 24 hours or you said the last few days that may have done that. So I think she ends up coming out the biggest winner uh, of the night um, just with uh, picking up the W and maybe uh, giving some people what they needed to see before they pulled the trigger on some things. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Greg? I guess so. Tank Wilson over here is my uh, take for the night because it seems like y'all said – and uh, I was sitting ringside, but I could hear it, it. It was absolutely nuts. And the Joe, when he walked out, and he you could just tell he's one of those guys. <laughs> he's just funny dude. I don't, I don't know nothing about him, but you can tell he's just a funny guy. And he's got, he, 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 you know that because he had a lot of friends. He had a very, very, very lot of friends there at the Joe. And as soon as he walked out, it was so loud. And uh, like Jeff said, that was one of the fights we needed for the for the night, and it kicked a lot of it kicked a whole different level of the of the Joe fights off that night. So uh, he came out the biggest winner of the night for me. Justin, I'm going to bring you in on this one for your take. Uh, you you were there judging the action. We usually don't uh, refer to you when it comes to picks and that type thing. But uh, from your vantage point, there, who uh, who had the be- the biggest night? Uh, I got to go with Gertz. Uh, he went out there and looked flawless against, you know, what I thought was going to be a bigger opponent, something that was going to be kind of hard for him to handle. But, um, I mean, he, the size wasn't an issue at all, and he had his way with Martinez. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's another guy that, that, that really uh, needed that that uh, you know that win getting back in uh, on the saddle there and uh, congrats to him for me just to kind of to change it up a little bit I'm gonna go Jordan Weeks you know it's a guy that coming off of uh, a weird loss uh, in unfortunate uh, circumstances out at uh, outside at the beach in November uh, comes in and uh, beats a guy that most had picked against him uh, to, to beat and has opened up uh, more opportunities uh, as a result but uh, overall congratulations to everyone who uh, who took part in this and uh, saw their fights through y'all everybody everybody on the card gave their best effort and uh, we uh, are appreciative of that and, and thank you also to Jeff Hobbs for sitting in with us uh, for the recap you can catch Jeff up there calling uh, calling calling the starting fights if you will now uh, at April 5th uh, Valor 57 uh, Jeff said thanks so much for the time my man we will uh, we'll talk to you i guess uh here in a couple weeks when we do the next picks panel yeah absolutely it's good talking to all you guys uh justin greg all of you man talk to you later later my man okay well now to finish up the recap for uh last week gentlemen we're going to change the format here because this past week was a bit of a disaster and i really kind of want to just uh more than anything, uh, switch it up. I think our, the flow for the listeners, the way we're going to do this is going to be a little a little better. But before we get to, to this to those picks, let's recap 
UFC 235. It was uh, it was on pay-per-view for the most part, except for the prelims were on ESPN and Fight Pass. Uh, it was not a good uh, night for our predictions, and no one did good at all. Uh, so rather than relive that uh, disaster, uh, well, actually, before I get onto that, let's recap where our panelists uh, lie from this uh, from this past weekend. Uh, Greg Hopkins and, and Mark Laws were only uh, one behind Jeff, com- Jeff Hobbs coming into this one. Jeff ended up going, it looks like, 12 and four on the evening. Uh, as uh, Greg went 11 and five, um, Mark went eight and eight, uh, David went 10 and six, and Roy went nine and seven. So our overall standings has uh, Jeff Hobbs still in the lead now, uh, at at uh, 37 and 12 uh, over Greg Hopkins, who is 35 and 14, uh, two two uh, two fights behind. Uh, Mark uh, is 32 and 17 as he falls five fights behind, and then our guest slot uh, brings up the rear uh, at 24 and 12, and it's going to take a lot of uh, guest correct picks to catch that one. Uh, so we'll see uh, how it goes moving into next month's Valor 57. Um, let's talk about the UFC 235, though, as, as we were. Uh, started off on uh, Fight Pass with the preliminaries. We saw Hannah Cyphers get the night started with a big upset uh, over Pollyanna Viana, and she gets a, a split decision win. I was surprised it was split, honestly. I thought she took that pretty handily. Uh, she's a plus 230 favorite. Congratulations to Hannah Cyphers, and uh, she started uh, my night off real bad. Uh, Macy Chasen, uh, minus 470 uh, with a big round one uh, TKO for Gina Mazzani. That one was never close, and she cashes at a big, uh, as a big favorite. And then uh, Edmund Shabazian was a slight favorite over Charles Bird. He gets around one TKO at minus 130. Uh, Greg, your thoughts, if any, on these fight pass prelims? Any, anybody stand out? Uh, Hannah Soffer stood out because she really fucked me so hard on yeah. my parlays and every bet I started with. She was like one of my locks and uh, ruined it. But uh, I, I do want to point out one thing that is noteworthy that Vienna, whoever that guy that she beat the shit out of in Brazil, must have been one of the biggest pussies <laughs> I've ever met in my life because she, she did not impress me at all. Uh, Macy, on the other hand, upstairs, she did. Uh, absolutely, go out there and just uh, just just wreck just just wreck Gina. Uh, yeah, both of those fights. That brings us to the ESPN preliminary portion of the card, and this was a pretty stacked prelim card. This is a card that could have probably just held its own on a like a on an ESPN Plus type type deal. Uh, we had uh, Diego Sanchez come in and beat Mickey Gall as a pretty sizable underdog, plus 225. Diego Sanchez gets round two TKO victory in a fight that a lot of people didn't give him a chance in. And, and I didn't give him a chance in the podcast, but I will. I swear to God, I, that this is the one thing that I actually did right on, uh, on, on that fight night. And that was get off of Mickey Gall and go to Diego Sanchez at the last minute. I was happy I did. And it's, it's kind of cool to see Diego getting a little bit of a resurgence here. You know, he's calling out some bigger names. He said he's not anywhere near done. What, you know, a year ago, you would have thought he's on his last legs, but he's kind of got a little resurgence going. Uh, Then we saw Cody Stamen get a unanimous decision victory over Alejandro Perez. Uh, Not a whole lot to say about that one. Uh, He was minus 190 and, um, you know, gets a workmanlike decision over Perez. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on these two? Uh, I actually uh, will say like a year ago I was talking with this uh, a buddy of mine who moved out to Vegas who was starting to do a bunch of uh, 
you know, odds and like uh, analysts and stuff like analytics. And I don't know what he was doing out there, but he was like trying to ask me to help him out on picking UFC because he wasn't a big, you know, he didn't know a whole lot about it to do it. And Diego Sanchez was up, you know, about a year ago. I forget exactly who was fighting. And at the time, at the time, I wasn't paying attention to Diego Sanchez and what he was doing, but I knew that he was like on his way out of the UFC, basically. So I just said, just fade the hell out of him because he was a he was a huge underdog too, and he ended up winning. And uh, I picked Mickey Gall for this fight here too. Uh, but you know, me and you talked, uh, you know, both days before the fight, leading up after the podcast, and uh, kind of agreed that Diego Sanchez. Uh, might be a little bit too much for Mickey Gall, but you know, Mickey Gall being—he's gonna be a big at 170 and whatnot. But is he gonna have the gas tank? Because he hasn't really fought anybody on the caliber of Diego Sanchez yet. And um, I, but as far as Diego calling out bigger names afterwards, I don't know if he needs to needs to take that step either. Uh, Cody Stamm—I don't have a whole lot to say about that one either. Uh, and then the uh, Johnny Walker fight that uh, I, that was one of my big big picks for the night too was the under and Johnny Walker. I thought he was going to knock uh Zirkin off out and uh, I didn't know he was going to do it in that kind of fashion. And I also didn't know he was going to um, dislocate his shoulder after the fight by <laughs> doing the worm. whoever and trying to do it. Yeah. Have to do in the worm. I mean, it, uh, just you lost too many cool points right there. Johnny Walker, when he did that, <laughs> just straight up. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Johnny Walker, of course, uh, gets the uh, the TK over Misha Serkinov is a minus uh, one forty five uh, favorite, and then rounding out the uh, the prelims, we saw Zabit Magomedsharipov get unanimous unanimous decision win over a tough Jeremy Stevens. He was minus two fifty in cashes. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on Zabit? We're gonna get to see him. I think he's. I think we're. It's time to see him versus a Marquine. Yeah, I'm ready to see him. Uh, well, I mean. Jeremy Stevens was in that fight to the bell. And, uh, I mean, you kind of thought that was going to happen, but you didn't know that he was going to have to be in that in those deeper waters, you know, that close to the end of the fight, because that's another one. I think if you go five rounds, Jeremy Stevens puts him away. I, I, I mean, I don't really know. That was a impressive performance by both guys, but I think there's a beast type of guy. You're going to see a uh, champion, champion caliber one day, you know, soon, sooner than later. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Zabit is uh, is definitely going to be a guy that's in that, uh, at least in that title scene, uh, getting, getting opportunities for such. Uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if they feel like he can carry, you know, big slots, uh, if you will. If he, if they feel like he's a marketable enough name to, to be in those, you know, those pay-per-view slots. Uh, which brings us to the pay-per-view. We saw, uh, man, we saw Pedro Munoz uh, at plus 145. He gets a, uh, a big knockout win in what was, to me, was the most fun fight of the night over uh, Cody Garbrandt, man. What a war. Uh, Cody seemed like he was on his last legs there for a moment, uh, manages to come back and starts just fighting crazy. I mean, just winging it. And these guys, I mean, he hit Pedro so many times, and Pedro just took it, showed a great beard. And uh, and and then, you know, you're like, yes, Cody's going to get it. He's going to knock him out. And then uh, then he got planted and knocked out himself. Uh, congratulations to Pedro Munoz. And man, it's three in a row, I think, for Cody Garbrandt now, Greg. Yeah, um, on the podcast we talked about last last week, and uh, I don't know why or why the hell it even was even relevant, but I mentioned his amateur record and how he did get uh, had clocked. And you mentioned that he was kind of chinny, and uh, that that's that's one of his uh, uh, one of his little themes is uh, kill or be killed. 
no love Cody Garbrandt. That's how he is. And uh, Pedro, uh, the thing about Pedro is, is uh, you know, um, half of half of half of being in a fight and being a good fighter is being able to take a shot. And Pedro has taken some of the best shots and uh, and delivered by anybody at 135. And Cody Garbrandt probably hit him with maybe some of the hardest shots he's ever hit anybody with you know what i'm saying but uh, uh pedro was able to take those and deliver the exact same thing and cody just like i said he's too he's too scary of a fighter he's too risky he's, he's he, he takes too many chances too early and uh, he was one of the big ones i went on too earlier that night uh, i didn't bet on cody but i did bet on the under huge i laid huge for the fight because i just know how cody comes out a lot of his fights end in the first round that uh dominic cruz one was the only the only fight he ever fought in that really it just stood head and shoulders above any fight he's ever fought in that was just impressive to me but uh uh hats off to pedro Munho. so i thought he might come through uh through him on my DraftKings too i had a pretty solid DraftKings lineup we'll talk about that a little bit but uh yeah man good job pedro yeah, yeah, I'd like to see uh, see him now in some, some bigger fights. Maybe you know, has he fought like an Aljamain Sterling yet? No, no, I don't think so. That could be uh, interesting. I can look at your Aljamain Sterling. Let's see who he has. Who has? They might have him one lined up here soon, or I don't know. If they've uh, no, he hasn't fought. He's fought uh, Dodson and uh, John Dodson. He lost split decision there. Uh, but no, other than that, uh, Jimmy Rivera. He's lost to him. He hasn't really fought a whole lot of huge, huge names other than that. But uh, yeah, it's time for him to step up. And uh, but I mean, I mean, Cody Garbrandt wasn't wasn't either. Anyway, that was a huge step up for him, oh, yeah. to be honest. And oh, yeah. he put him away. That brings us to our our uh, our top female bout of the night. Uh, 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 Wiley Zhang uh, minus one thirty takes out the, the tiny tornado Tisha Torres. Uh, it was unanimous decision, and man, there, Torres was just too small. She just couldn't really do anything with her, and uh, and and Zhang uh, moves on. She's got like she's like nineteen and one now, I think. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they start shoving her into that title picture. Uh, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, that that was an. Ex- I forgot about that fight actually, and that was a. Damn, you know, 115 pounds. These girls got some. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know how much power you could have weighing 115 pounds. 115 pounds, but uh, it seemed like these girls were loading up on everything, and both of them are connected. And, and you were just looking for that knockout really at any time. But uh, Zang was really impressive and showed a lot of grit in that fight against Torres because I thought Torres was going to eventually just you know push through and win that fight. But Zang just kept showing resilience and kept coming back when. The look on her face showed absolute zero chance of her like coming back, and she just kept coming, 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 getting up, kicking, and uh, you know, hats off to her. I would like to see who her twenty uh, first spot's going to be against. And then, of course, the feature bout. This one was pretty wild and woolly. Ben Askren makes his UFC debut. He's a minus 300 favorite over Robbie Lawler. Uh, and, man, Robbie took it to him early. Robbie, with a big slam, puts Ben on his head, delivers some vicious ground and pound, has been cut up, bruised up, bleeding. And uh, Ben's able to, to keep his composure, work his way up, and eventually get his own, uh, his own takedown into a bulldog choke that uh, we had a bit of a controversial stop 
stoppage on this one. Herb Dean steps in and stops it without a tap from Robbie Lawler. However, uh, Robbie wasn't really, uh, from what I could tell, it looked like he had went limp. And so, you know, the referee's out there to look out for the safety of the fighters. Uh, Robbie, I don't, uh, you know, it, to, from Robbie, he was not unconscious. There was some speculation that maybe he lost consciousness just briefly and then sprang back too. But as soon as he let go, he was coming out of it asking what, you know, what happened. So, uh, you know, I only uh, only those guys know, I guess, what really happened. But Ben Askren uh, probably rained on Dana's parade a little bit, uh, beating Robbie Lawler. Uh, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I just, I, I thought, you know, I had a bunch, a bunch of friends, asking me what I thought about this, and I just said, you're going to see wrestling fuckery at its finest on this fight. And uh, not that I really thought that that kind of wrestling fuckery was going to happen, but it, you know, it made me look good. But I will say this, that uh, whenever he picked, you know, he just sit there and picked pick Ben Askren up in the air and dropped him just straight on his head. That alone, with Ben Askren coming back, that alone, him getting, like, get, keeping composure shows you that Ben Askren is on another level as far as uh, the the mental aspect of a fight goes. Uh, not only that, then Robbie jumps on him and just starts hammering down vicious ground and pound that you wonder why Herb Dean may have not jumped in there and stopped it. I don't know. I mean, Askren was – he was – he was, <laughs> I, I was surprised he wasn't stopped there, and I just knew that Justin was just going to just tear into me on that one and say because he did say that Robbie was going to knock Ben Askren out. And uh, but Ben, when he came back around and reached over and grabbed grabbed Robbie's neck, uh, two things. Now he was not out. Uh, and uh, another thing is Ben Askren was not going to let go of that. He's got one of the strongest grips, uh, I think, of all time in the NCAA wrestling category. And you're not. He wasn't going to let go of that. I mean, he was. That was a life or a death situation for him. And he knew that Robbie was going to attempt to try to pick him up and slam him again as soon as he had position. So he wasn't going to give him a chance. And he just started. He, so here's the thing. Rob uh, Askren wasn't going to let go of that choke. I, I don't like the stoppage, but what I did like that stood out to me the most in this whole fight was you found that, that Herb Dean is actually a human being, just like every other referee in the sport. He made a bad call and he immediately felt remorse. And Robbie Lawler started just tearing into his ass, but immediately realized, Hey, you know, you fucked up and it happens. And, you know, Robbie Lawler, not only did he lose a fight and, uh, you know, he didn't make Dana happy and uh, he didn't take Ben Askren's uh, zero away on the loss column. And uh, he just, uh, uh, he lost like over $100,000 off that loss too. I mean, he lost a lot due to somebody else's incompetence. And him, you know, showing you know, that, that guy's a human being. He made a mistake at the end of it all was just uh, very admirable to me, and I just thought that was really cool. That's what I stood up to be the most in that spot. Yeah, I got to say, I agree with you. Robbie really handled it like a pro. You know, I, I could imagine how some others would have would have handled it, probably not so well. And, uh, you know, it's a tough job out there. The official's job's tough, you know. it's uh, I've never refereed fights, but I've umpired baseball and, and those type things for years. And <laughs> and seriously, I mean, it's one of those, you know, in most, yeah. any, in most any other workforce, in most any other profession or job, if your success ratio is like 95%, you're – you're a success. You're you're looked at as as good, as elite, as as uh, as you're doing your job well. But in the in that job, uh, people will only remember the five percent that you fucked up. You know. Yeah. 
either that job or a college football coach is one job I don't want because you never know if you're going to have a job the next day. There's no room for error. Bad situational. No, there's not. That's I mean. Well, Yamasaki is that the one? Who? Which one was that? The one that the UFC did? Just they just let let list. What? Who was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, Yamasaki. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Go. I mean, Herb Dean. That was. Yeah, he handled. Robbie Lawler handled that pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta agree there. The uh, co-main event. That one was. Uh, I think it surprised some people. I, I can't. I mean, you know. And again, on the podcast, I I I, I was with Woodley, and that by the time we got to the fight, I was just like, man. Usman's motor is just so good, and, and and Woodley I could see maybe fading, and and Usman never stopped coming forward. Like who's going to be able to deal with that pressure is the question, because that guy didn't fade. He never stopped coming forward. He uh, he really had Woodley kind of you know bat his back against the cage like the whole fight really, and uh, very dominant performance, unanimous decision win for Kamaru Usman the new UFC welterweight champion. Uh, he comes in as an underdog, plus 145. Uh, Woodley, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, if he gets an immediate rematch. Uh, or no, I guess it's going to be Colby Covington they're talking about maybe next for, for Usman. But, uh, man, that it's tough because, you know, Woodley was the champion for so long. You've got to imagine he deserves a rematch. But are you going to be able to sell a rematch that was that lopsided? Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're going to see an immediate rematch for Tyrone Woodley, or even a rematch anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, you saw it scuffle with uh, Colby Covington over. It looked like they was at either a casino or an airport or something. Well, uh, you know, Colby talked all that shit and whatnot. Which uh, you know, and I like Colby Covington, and a lot of people don't like him, but I like the dude. But uh, and and and. Say what you want about the guy, but he's still a professional about things. He might joke around and he might have like women with him and jokes. You know, <laughs> I like him. I think he's funny, but you know, when it comes down to the to the to the dot, you know, to the to the point, he wants to fight Usman in the cage. He doesn't want to fight him outside the cage. He doesn't want to lose money. He doesn't want to go to jail. And, you know, and his coach Ali was over there. He was trying to fight Covington, and Covington, Covington's just like, "Why are you? Who the who the hell? Why are you trying to fight? You don't even fight. You don't want to fight me." Yeah. And then you had Usman <laughs> saying, "Let's go right now," because but uh, but there, but, you know, in the background, if you don't notice these certain things, you had uh, you know, there's little kids, like you know, there's kids over there screaming, you know, grabbing their moms, and their moms are like pulling them to the side, and. You know, grown men are like backing away. It's just, it's not a cool scene. It's just not, it's not professional. And Usman's that type of guy who, uh, who, who, who wants to go anytime, anywhere. But, and, and, but, you know, Covington doesn't, he doesn't, he's, he's all about being in the cage. That's what he's, what he's like, like what Shooter McGavin's talking shit about, you know, you know, beating Happy Gilmore's ass on the, uh, on the green, you know, but Happy's ready to fight right there. That's what Usman reminds me of all the time. But, uh, as far as the dominant performance over Tyrone Woodley, that was, uh, second to none and awesome and uh, uh, I don't know if you got to see the, the footage of uh, Tyrone Woodley's grandmother after the fight uh, you know Tyrone just went over to his grandmother and uh, looked to be his wife and said you know I'm sorry you know I'm sorry and they just hugged him and cried and said you know what it's okay you know he was a better man tonight just go back to the drawing board and as he's walking away you know Usman's walking in and he just bends over and hugs Tyrone's grandmother and says I'm sorry you know, paying his respects to her, and, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she's crying, and she just says, oh, no, it was just your night tonight, you know, and uh, and it's your turn. He was a champ for a long time. She said, I want you to do good, and you go defend that belt, you know, and it was just a it was a real tearjerker, honestly, not for me because I ain't no bitch, but right. it was cool. And, uh, but, right, <laughs> uh, 
that co-main event really stood out. It was a great one. I mean, I thought it was going to go all five rounds, and uh, it did not. It, it did not go at all the way I thought it was going to. But you saw it. Uh, yeah, I think you saw it going into the third, maybe even the second, third, second round. You saw Tyron Woodley just kind of. Uh, he got broke. You know, you can tell when somebody gets broke, and um, when he was getting uppercutted in the corner, and the elbows were landing flush, just like Nate Marquardt was doing against him when he did knock get knocked out viciously. That's what Usman was doing, and you go, you kind of saw a flashback in his eyes, like, "Oh shit, this is going to happen," and that immediately broke him. That's and that was the difference in the fight right there. Of course, another fight that didn't go as expected as far as the uh, well, the end result was probably as expected, but the uh, the way it went down, the main event. Uh, John Bones Jones, major favorite, minus 800 over Anthony Smith, who um, who a lot of people, myself included, didn't expect this thing to get out of the first, second round at the most. Uh, John Jones seemed like he just couldn't quite get it into gear. I, I don't know if you credit Anthony Smith. I mean, he was tough. It, this went all the rounds. It was a unanimous decision. It was. I would not have have bet that we would have seen a five-round fight. If I would have, we probably would have made pretty good money. Uh, but it was, uh, it wasn't to be, man. I don't know. Uh, it was a, it was a, in my opinion, kind of a lackluster um, uh, performance from John Jones, as far as a pay-per-view main event goes, I felt like it, it kind of let the air out of everything at the end of the night. Uh, your thought is this, so, you know, is this, is this considered, I mean, obviously technically it is a win for John Jones, but does he come out of it, you know, feeling like a winner? I, I honestly, personally, really think that John Jones did not take this fight serious at all, and uh, all the press and the media and everything. How he said he was taking it serious, not at all. No, because you could tell there were so many moments in the fight when he was getting so frustrated that uh, I, he, there were you know eye pokes and the illegal knees. And just there's a lot of things that John Jones does. I like John Jones, but he does a lot. He, you know, and if you're not. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying to win. And, uh, I mean, you fell in drug tests back-to-back and you're still able to fight. But say what you want to about, you know, my character. But if I'm Anthony Smith and I got hit with an illegal fucking knee in a championship fight for the world title, something I worked my ass off, and the guy who hit me, you know, that was a deliberate shot. That wasn't unintentional. That was on purpose. And if I'm Anthony Smith, I don't care – I'm taking that. I'm taking that W. I'm taking that belt home, and I'm also taking that next that next UFC fighting for the title contract or another payday. And I'm not going to go take a back seat to to UFC's bullshit. I, I'm, I'm I you know what I'm saying now. Hats off to Anthony Smith for being the samurai and taking the honorable way out. But with that being said, Anthony doesn't think that he got his ass kicked in that fight, but he did. <laughs> you know, the better of five rounds. He does. He says, "I'm still here. I'm still standing." I'm, I'm sorry, but Anthony Smith, you made a poor decision. You know, and a lot of people will get mad at me by saying that. But if you want to talk of business and financial wise, you're 31 and 14. There's not really a shot in hell you're ever getting another title shot. No. For you not taking that W and that DQ right there was a very, very, very bad business decision on his part. Very honorable decision. Very courageous decision, but a piss poor one in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you're talking on. I mean, I gotta agree with you. Yeah, de- definitely noble. Uh, you know, you, you can't you can't tear a guy down for doing yeah. Like, your, where's your the right thing? But we'll I mean, give him the, we'll give him a prize. Yeah, right. But think about the you know not only the the fact that he would have gotten what I imagine was a win bonus uh, for this, but he would have had another fight lined up as a title defense. You know, and the money yeah, that immediate, would immediate, immediate. 
Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely could have went other directions with that one. Um, that wraps up hey, that UFC another, What's that? Well, another thing that you actually touched on after the Woodley fight that I thought was really interesting that nobody's brought up yet. Uh, is Ben Astrid going to fight for the title now at 170? I mean, Dana's going to have to try to set him up with something. I know you don't want to jump Ben right to the title, but you did mention something about that, and that's yeah, that's an entertaining thought. What do you think about the next John Jones? The talk is it's going to be uh, Tiago Santos, potentially. Tiago Santos. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be it. That would be the next guy. I was, you know, I was trying to think of Johnny Walker, but after the the uh, the, the display of dumbassness after the after the uh, incredible victory, and you know, I, I think that he, uh, like I said, he lost a lot of cool points right there. Uh, <laughs> so, and I still think there's another like, yeah, level up that Johnny Walker needs to knock off still. Well, I mean, we say that we we say that, but we, we, who did he fought the number fifteen guy in the world, knocked him out in what you know twenty something thirty seconds. I mean, yeah. how many more levels does he have to surpass? I mean, I, I know. I mean, I'm just curious. That I mean, I, I, don't I mean, want I'd to like to see him. Jones yet. Yeah, I mean, I'd like I to see. Yeah. Right. I'd like to see him get one more against like, um, you know, somebody up around in that top 10, you know, uh, or maybe uh, who's that cat um, that beat OSP that he's undefeated still, uh, man, or on top of my head, I can't remember it, but he's undefeated. He's like, he's like 13 and 0 or something. He's a man. monster. Yeah, he's, he's tough. Rest, uh, big old monster. I can't think of his name right now either. Yeah. Everybody gives him hell about being on steroids too all the time. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 I, I, that okay. would be uh, you know a good in between fight. The Santos has been in there banging around with some pretty some uh, you know he's been main eventing some of the smaller cards you know so uh, I think that's going to be a guy that probably gets uh, shoved in there next and at least he seems like the type that's going to at least fucking go for it you know uh, right. with, whether he loses or wins he's usually a guy that'll go out on a shield. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, since we, well, we've I mean, had it's hard technical to really difficulties, find anybody for down. no, um, we've had technical difficulties and we've lost Justin. So it's going to throw a little bit of a wrench into our plans for our our new format this evening for our picks. So uh, Greg, I'm guessing. Um, well, I was going to say moving forward, we're, we're only going to pick the winners of the fights, and we want to keep a tally. So I guess we'll start that next week. But Greg and I, uh, we, we are going to be getting into some DraftKings action with this. Uh, with this card this weekend, it is uh, the UFC on ESPN Plus number four, uh, also known as UFC Fight Night number one forty six, and it's going down in Wichita, Kansas. It's a bit of an underwhelming card, man. Uh, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, essentially, with us not having Justin tonight to do our, our new uh, our new tally, if you will. So we'll start that next week. But uh, Greg, for uh, for DraftKings this weekend, uh, any advice? What would be your uh, you know looking at looking at the lineup? here what would be your lock play that is going to be in all of your lineups uh this week for me uh i gotta say that i I find myself being drawn to using um to using grant dawson quite a bit because it's more of a uh more of a kind of a fade on a rosa um you know uh, than anything but i I see grant dawson getting a knockout here for big points uh and he's going to be a guy that i kind of key on uh most of my lineups how about you uh, my, I mean, my absolute lock for the weekend is going to be the uh, the under in the main event, whether it's one and a half or two and a half, because uh, Derek Lewis, uh, Junior Dos Santos, I don't think I don't I don't think that he's going to 
sit there and try to wait around for the shot. I think he's going to try to, you know, take it to the ground and get Derek Lewis on the ground where he's really uncomfortable. Uh, other than other than that, I, that's my lock is the uh, the under for that fight right there. But uh, another one that I was really interested in was uh, as Rocco. Because I, I answered yeah. Michael Martin, I'm I just really really enjoy it. like he's he's probably one of the standouts. I don't know I don't know if I'm gonna like my, I don't know if I'm making my lot, but I, I really I really like that guy a lot. He's a degenerate just like me. He likes yeah. to fight. He likes to gamble. He's funny. Uh, I enjoy this. But as far as my DraftKings goes, I actually have uh, I have I have a lineup, but I like to change literally. I, literally, I would change this lineup. Probably three or four times before the actual one comes up. Sure. But so what? What name? Value, what name would you? What name would you say is going to show up in all, if any, uh, in all of your lineups? Who will you find yourself keying on over and over again, or at least in the majority? Over and over again, Junior Junior Dos Santos. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, like you said, that fight has got a good good chance that we will get a finish, uh, which will get you knockout points, which are worth the most, especially in the first round. There is uh, I, I like JDS in this as well. I I, I don't like his price tag, but uh, you should be able to get as long as he doesn't get knocked out, you should get value, and I do think that he is uh, definitely a, a pretty uh, I should be a pretty good favorite over Derek Lewis, who I've just not been too impressed with personally. No, not really, Derek. He just if he gets in the later rounds, he's just a not even not even later rounds. If he gets a you know a minute, two minutes into his fight, he's just sluggish because he throws everything he has into each shot. And when he misses, but every time he throws a shot, everybody's backing away. Every I mean, not just the fighter itself. Everybody's like, ooh, you know, you just see a big guy like that throwing haymakers just over and over until he tires down. It's kind of scary. Yeah, no doubt. As far as my fade of the week, a uh, guy that I, that you won't be seeing in any of my lineups, uh, I've got to go. Uh, there's there's a couple, honestly. I, I don't like Julian Arosa. I don't see him having a whole lot of pass to victory, and I don't really like Matt Schnell. Uh, I think Smolka is you know really aggressive. Schnell hasn't shown a lot of durability in his losses, uh, so when he does lose, uh, most of the time he gets finished. And so uh, that's it. I, I have a hard time seeing him put up real big points this weekend. Uh, who uh, if, is there anybody that, that we won't be seeing appear on any of your lineups, your fate of the week? Uh, I, I got to agree with you, but but it, it, I also want to contradict your, your statement. I, I'm sorry, my own statement on uh, Matt Schnell because he's, he's he's moving up from flyweight, right? Yeah, I, I'm pretty positive. Okay. Well, the only thing that the only thing that makes me not want to fade him, which he isn't Henry Cejudo, but the last time we had a, a you know one of the flyweights come up to try to take out, or for one of you know one of the you know one of the bantamweights to try to take out one of the flyweights, we got a big huge upset there. You know, we had a real quick a real quick flyweight come in and take over. You know, the Henry over uh, Dillashaw on that fight, but uh, I don't think that this is going to be the factor in there. I'm going to fade uh, you know Matt Chanel here too. Uh, as far as another one goes, I kind of want to fade uh, Tim Bosch. You know, Tim yeah. Bosch right there. That's what I want to. I kind of want to fade him too. I really, I don't know if I want to fade him or not, but I feel like last time I faded him, I think he got a knockout victory. I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time getting I, behind Ben Rothwell after being out so long too. Yeah, that, yeah, it brought Rothwell as well. But I don't think I'm going to fade one of those guys this weekend. Uh, let's see. I'm still looking at the whole lineup right now, and as far as my uh, 
you uh, that's one thing I do love about um when I'm looking at all these all these fighters and whatnot I can see uh what you know DraftKings see what they got I mean and obviously you're gonna have a, the and this isn't the reason I'm picking Junior Dos Santos but Derek Lewis is at the very very bottom of the list yeah, uh, DraftKings, and I think he's like six, sixty, sixty-eight hundred or something like that. And his value is awesome. I mean, if, if you really believe in Derek Lewis, do you really believe he's going to win that fight? Then you pick him. But I just don't think he's going to. He's got the puncher's chance. But last time he was on DraftKings, uh, I don't know the time before. You know, when he was fighting DC, he wasn't high up there, which we kind of thought that was going to happen. You know, because DC's a different level athlete. But uh, he fought the other guy from Russia. I forget his name, but he fought he fought him, and Derek was losing. I, I would say you know ten eight rounds. Uh, you know the first the first round was ten nine. The second one he was losing ten eight. The second one he was losing ten eight until that one shot at the very end came and he knocked him out. And I, and and if you had him on DraftKings right there, you blew up because he was only six six hundred, you know sixty eight hundred dollars or something like that. But uh. That's not why I'm saying Derek Lewis. I just think Junior Dos Santos is the best value for the night. And my uh, yeah, my my fade is also Matt Matt Schnell too. Who, if anybody, do you see as your value play of the week? Obviously, you can't take all of the high dollar people that we wish that we could. So you've got to dive down. You got to take some underdogs. Uh, for me, I, I kind of am I and Nico Price. Uh, I think that I like his price tag. I, it's a tough fight against Tim Means, but I think that Nico's an aggressive guy that's going to go for it. And if he does get it, get a win, it's most likely will be finished for finished points, and he's only seventy four hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, Nico Price is uh, is the value pick I have. Actually, I'm about to go through my whole lineup. Uh, I really don't like doing that because I want to. I want us to. I want to be competitive in the competition, and I don't want to tie with anybody. But I'm going to share with you my lineup that I'm possibly going to turn in this weekend. But uh, uh, the value pick that I had was Nico Price, and uh, you usually have to have one on the card that you don't necessarily want. But because of everybody else, you got you got to right. have somebody to fill that spot. And I've got a uh, Maurice Green as my uh, fill in there, but he's not. He's not a bad pick at six and three with an average fighting score of ninety four point five points. So he's not a bad value pick. Probably not going to win. Probably not going to do anything in that fight. But you know we'll have to see. But uh, my this is the list of the fighters that I got. I've got uh, Darush. He comes in at nine thousand. I've got Dos Santos. He's ninety four hundred. I've got uh, I've got Maurice Green. He's sixty nine hundred. I've got I've got Anthony Rocco Martin at ninety two hundred. Nico Price at 7,400, and uh, I got your big one, your uh, uh, Zales, how do you pronounce that, Dos Santos, another Dos Santos. Oh, Zaleski Dos Santos, I like that guy, he's a fun yeah. one to watch. Yeah, he is a fun one to watch, I can't pronounce his name, that's why I, I didn't want to get the Dos Santos uh, com, uh, com, confused, but he comes in at 8,000, uh, not so sure if the value on him is perfect there, because he doesn't score a lot of points in his spot, just like Nico Price doesn't, but uh those are your two guys uh, that I think that are – well, no, I'm sorry. Nico is, I think, for the upset there, and I think the other Dos Santos, Ezekiel Zaliski Dos Santos, is no, he's he's going to cost a lot more there, but I think he gets the job done there. So, you know, last week I had uh, – last week uh, we, we, we did our – you know, we did our uh, – we did our uh, – Mrs. Me, you and Justin did it last week, and uh, we came out at uh, – where is it? I'm looking here at my lineup last week, and uh, I actually had a – a pretty stellar lineup last week. Uh, let's see who I had. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's not what I had. That's my – here we are. Here we are right here. 
right, but we started out. We were talking about that Diego Sanchez fight last weekend, and uh, you want me to go through these right now, Tim, or do you want me to come back to them? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, no, that's good. You know, uh, last week, of, I guess we'll wrap up this this kind of portion and kind of end the show on this. Uh, I will say uh, yeah, next week, I hope to have an affiliate code uh, where if you guys are not playing uh, DraftKings on uh, MMA, it is something you should de- definitely check out. It is uh, it's a lot of fun. It, uh, it gives you a, a different spin on uh, beginning to be a bit of a degenerate, but not necessarily having to invest a whole lot of uh of scratch uh to, to get some action you know if you get in some of these tournaments the, the payouts uh for you know a minimum investment can be pretty good and uh so we're gonna get an affiliate code going next week make sure you get signed up with that and you'll get some bonus uh tickets to to enter contests and uh we'll, t- we'll be talking more about that uh next week when we kind of uh, kind of reset uh we got ju- well, you know, we'll have justin back then as well but you know this last week uh greg put up one of the best uh, one of the best lineups I've seen uh, in a while, and um, this it was a high scoring night. You know, there was a lot of finishes. There was a lot of people putting up big scores, and I, uh, Justin and Greg and I did a three way contest, and I saw pretty pretty much out of the gate because he, he had Hannah Cyphers, uh, and she got that win, and right out of the gate I was like, shit, he's he's put up seventy five points on this six thousand dollar girl, and uh, he's going to be off and running from here because the rest of your lineup looked really good. I'll let you uh, I'll let you. Uh, gloat on that a little bit and uh and uh, kind of give uh the details of uh of, of your lineup and uh your thought process uh I just uh, all the my every every week after we do the this this podcast i mean it just gives me a good intel on every fighter because justin has got so much knowledge on all these fighters along with you you too so i know and I, and I know a little bit so i sit there and listen to you guys and then after the fact of listening to this podcast i can go on there and make my picks based on you know the guys that we agree on the guys that we look at and the guys that we face you know and last week we talked about each fighter and we all kind of was looking at the same ones well the ones that we were going really hard on like like Tyrone Woodley I didn't want to throw I didn't want to throw him on there since it was such a uh, he was such a, a toss up for his spot you look at the bet odds and stuff and you can just you know kind of look and see who's who uh but you know some of you can you you're just going to have to be you know I'll, I'll be honest you got to be lucky You've got to be lucky to win certain ones. Like, I'm just going to go give you my lineup right here. It was uh, I had Ben Askren, and uh, he cost 9000 That was a big one, and I had to get a finish out of him uh, by the you know the skin of my teeth, uh, lucky as hell. He scored 95 points for me. Uh, Zabit, another one, not necessarily the skin of my teeth. He controlled most of the fight, but it was a scary ending. Uh, he cost 8900 and uh, even though he went all three rounds, he still got me 92 points. Uh, Diego Sanchez, he wanted to make a statement in his fight. Not only did he want to win, but he wanted to make sure this young gun knew knew who the hell he was messing with. And not only he came out with fifty six significant strikes, five advances, four takedowns, and uh, in the second round finish, he scored one hundred and thirty three points. Johnny That's Walker huge. came out, finished it real quick. I'm sorry, what? The, the Sanchez win yeah, was huge. That amount of points on only you know seven thousand seventy one whatever he was, he almost doubled his value. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, $7,100. I forgot to mention that. Uh, yeah, $7,100. And I'll be honest, he, uh, him and Cyphers, oh my, we'll get to Cyphers. Uh, I'll go and tell you, Cyphers was, uh, she was 7000 and she was my fill-in. I didn't even, I, you know, I, did, I, I faded her in real life, but I had to take her on my thing because she was one of my fill-ins that I just had to have. And she was the only one that fit there. So I took Cyphers, and she ended up scoring 73 points for me, along with the uh, Diego Sanchez fight, which was, 
71, so between 14 and 1, I got 200 points, and that's ridiculous. Uh, followed up with Johnny Walker scoring 102, and uh, ended with John Jones scoring 107 himself. Uh, it totaled out to be 603 points, which uh, I really, really wish wish I had the balls to throw that throw that throw that same thing down on one of those fifteen dollar buy-ins for like the three hundred thousand dollar win yeah. or whatever with a hundred thousand dollar grand prize because I probably would have got maybe at least uh, you know top top fifteen or something and took home a good you know three thousand dollar payday off of uh, you know off of three bucks. It'd have been awesome. Oh yeah, no doubt, man. And, uh, you know, that's uh, a, a lot of it comes down to being, uh, you know, picking your, uh, picking your spots, being a little contrarian. You got to go against the grain because I mean, you're not any smarter than the next guy and I'm not either, you know, like it's easy to kind of, to pick those top guys that, that you expect to, uh, well, I'm going to say it's easy. It's easier to, to kind of pick those top guys that you expect to get those wins, but you've got to mine those diamonds. You got to find those, uh, those, those people with the low salaries that can produce, because ultimately those are going to be the people that catapult you to the, to the top, uh, you know, it, it, between the top and trying to scuffle just to maybe cross the money line and, and double up, you know? Right. So yeah, it's, hard, uh, it's hard to mix them together because they give you that $50,000 or 50 or $50,000 salary limit. And you, uh, you know, once you pick your, you know, you sit there, I got all these guys. I know he's going to win. I know he's going to win. And uh, yeah, you get those guys, but they're, they're, you know, you're talking about one fifth of your salary right there. And you can only, you got to fill six guys. So if you get right. five great guys up there, guess what? You still got to come up with six or $7,000 just to get the worst guy on the list. And, uh, you don't want to drop one of your good guys, but you have to, to split, split the difference. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I love I love DraftKings. It's fun. So we will uh, we'll we will touch base uh, next week and uh, and get started with uh, with with our, our affiliate program with DraftKings and we'll uh, you know hopefully get a lot a lot more people playing it is it is a ton of fun uh, for me this week I, I got to tell you that I am uh, I am uh, king uh, as I said earlier on uh, Grant Dawson uh, I'm going to fill it out with Alex White Luis Smolka Nico Price and then I I agree with you on my last two and I'm going to go with Darush and. Uh, Zaleski Dos Santos. So we'll see how it shakes out. Looking at this thing up and down, though, there's really no one that just averages a ton of points. Everybody's average is pretty un uninspiring. Yeah, we're gonna have you. That's that's where the luck comes in on the on the picking who you who you think you know. And uh, but I mean the upsets come in. You know you uh, and they ended up scoring you know 100 120 points in the first round. They get a knockout. And uh, you're just like, damn, but because you see, you if you watch and if you don't watch the early prelims and you don't get in on the early action, people will people know people who know what's going on. They're going to take off, and there's going to be like 400 points before the main card even starts. And uh, you find yourself in a ditch there, and you're just like, well, I'm behind. I'm not going to catch this. And you turn around, and it's like, well, I still got you know all six of my guys up here. And it's just it's 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 action all night, and it's fun because it keeps you interested in every fight. And it's like having, I mean, you got you know a, a dollar. You know, they have 25 cent games, they have 10 cent games. But you know what we're gonna what we're, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna enter everybody in when we have our own game? For, uh, for yeah, I mean we uh, uh, we'll, the ballot we'll, spot? 
Yeah, we're, we'll iron we'll iron out the details this week, and we will host a game starting next week uh, on DraftKings, yeah, like and, uh, and we will we'll get the details of that out to everybody, and uh, you know we'll keep it we'll keep it fun and cheap, uh, and you know just get more and more people playing and uh, and and interested in it because I think it's uh, it definitely like you said it, it's a way to kind of stay in, stay interested in the whole card and uh, and not have to necessarily go down the rabbit hole of uh, of a bookie and <laughs> and betting every fight. Right. Right, right. Uh, you know, it's kind of it's good, cheap, degenerate action. Uh, that's exactly. it, man. That's I guess it's time to wrap this motherfucker up, man. It's uh, we've been on here a long time, <laughs> and uh, we will. Uh, I appreciate all our guests uh, for joining us, Greg, for for uh, trudging through this thing with me, and uh, we will be back next week, and uh, we'll be looking at another. We'll, we'll recap this uh, Wichita card, and then there's another card, uh, I believe, next weekend that we'll we'll dive into, man. Uh, for for Greg Hopkins, this is Tim Lloyd signing off for another edition of the Valor Hour. See y'all next week. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Coming up on this week's edition of the MMA Report Podcast, you're going to hear my conversations with Cody Stamen as he recaps his victory at UFC 235. Also, Anthony Avila and Nate Smith will be on the podcast to talk about their recent victories. Plus, I'll be joined by Rafael Esparza, who is an odds maker with my bookie. And also, we're going to take a look back at UFC 235. Plenty to talk about, Jason, as we got two championship fights, plenty of controversy. Also, a look ahead to the UFC card this weekend. And, uh, oh, my God, the craziest reason why Conor McGregor and Donald Cerrone isn't happening currently. It is absolutely amazing. you got to listen to this week's edition of the MMA Report podcast to find out what exactly that was. If you've not heard already, of course, check out all those interviews. And, of course, the MMA Report podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com. 